Hey, y'all, welcome to the Queer and Far podcast, a travel podcast from a couple of queer femmes providing tips and resources to travel safely while black, brown, queer, disabled, or from any marginalized group and intersections in between. I am your Sir Auntie, Charmaine Fury, aka the Blazing Blurred, and my fellow co host and friend, Shenanigans, still the way. noob. <laughs> the way I behave sometimes, I'm, I'm new. I'm new. <laughs> I, I just think I'm rubbing off on you. Wait, internet behave. <laughs> that that was a little, was a little blue. Um, I'm so tired. Okay, what are we doing? We are back. Um, and I have to, I have to do this disclaimer. I know last time I had a different disclaimer. This this week's disclaimer is. I was supposed to release the episode, the last episode, a week before I actually ended right. up releasing it. Mm-hmm. I uploaded it, didn't hit submit, got on a plane without my laptop, and a week later didn't get home. Didn't get home for a week later, so the episode came late. So I apologize for that. This one will be on time and get us all back on track. But I made I messed up. I I messed up. The first time ever in my life, I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna need my laptop. I never use it when That's I what travel. You get. I'm mm-hmm. not going to bring it. I'll bring my iPad instead. And yeah, whatever. Damn it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, so we are back. And uh, for this episode, because I've been on the road so much, mm-hmm. I thought we would kind of chat about my experiences, uh, the different types of travel that I did, the events that I did, and generally the things that I was trying to observe while also just trying to experience whatever the different things. Okay. Yeah. I like this because I, I, I want to know all the things. So should we do it chronologically or? Yeah, we can do it chronologically. I think okay. that makes more sense because also like me- mentally, I'm still trying to process. Like it's so what I've been home now. Was it four days? Four days. I, I came home on Tuesday. Yeah. Today's Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it was so weird because I couldn't I hadn't I didn't have time between each event to process what I experienced. So while I'm like second to last day in Atlanta for Dragon Con, someone said something about, oh, you were speaking somewhere recently yeah. too. And I was like, no, that was last. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yep. Like, yep. I actually did. It was technically last month. Yes. But that was right. a week ago, but I, I couldn't even make the, was... the separation of like, that was only a week ago. Right. It was um, one big queer blur. It was, it was a whole damn blur. So I'm trying to also piece together my experience in real time in this conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's do it. <laughs> Any way we can help. I mean, I'm surprised you're upright because it was tired. a lot of traveling. It's I didn't uh, expect it. And you were it moving to be, at a fast pace. I was and I didn't expect it to be as exhausting, especially because like I I'm antisocial enough to go mm-hmm. back to my room constantly. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was giving myself like breaks, but mm, I don't remember like like I'll really have to think you know like because podcast movement was the first of this series of trips and that was in that started August 22nd that was Houston that was Dallas Dallas sorry yeah because I'm in Houston uh but week before that though I was in Oklahoma all right um because I was visiting my friend whose child was in the softball championship thing for 12 year olds Uh, And then the week before that, I was in Dallas for my friend's birthday. So if I really think about it, stress it, space it out. I did four states, four cities with multiple trips to two of those cities and then ended back up in the thing. So by the time I got to Dallas, I was like, 
ready for my three, you know, I'm going to be three weeks, almost three weeks on It's three things. It's going to be awesome. But I can't even keep like Dallas feels so long ago. It feels long ago for me as well, but for different it's, reasons. Yeah. It's just so but, crazy. Now, um, now what, and this was the pod, the, this no. podcast movement. Okay. So, so tell me, let's talk about it. What, what tell, what was their, what was their tagline? What was their reason? I'll, I'll pull up all going? of my, my, my badges for each one. So, okay. I'm podca ready. Podcast movement. Okay. Uh, so podcast movement is like the largest uh, podcast based conference. Um, I think in the world, definitely here in the States. And I've wanted to go for a couple of years, but uh, to be honest, now that I've gone, I feel like this would have been a lot more useful for me in like my first year of podcasting. Okay. Um, Mostly because a lot of the things that they themed their their tracks around. So you got like a monetization track, or a, right. you know how to get social media following track, or how to do how to turn your business your pod into your business track. So there's all these different tracks or whatever. And I was kind of focusing more on the monetization track because after four years of podcasting, that's the area that I'm okay. you know, lacking the most. You know, um, I make a little bit of money on militantly mixed through a Patreon sponsorship, but the rest of my shows. At this point, I'm pretty much just for fun <laughs> because I don't get any, you know, I don't really even get any um, sponsorship from from listeners or anything like that. So, well, did you find the information useful? I found the information, the kind of stuff I've heard on any kind of workshop I've ever done oh. or any kind of YouTube channel I've ever done. So in that case, that wasn't a thing. I think uh, the funny thing about it. OK, so now it's starting to come back to me now that I'm kind of in this space. The funny thing about it is that it's a networking opportunity for podcasters. Absolutely. OK, but you can tell the difference between a more seasoned podcaster like I can I can say myself um, right. compared to. Um, a, a noob who is just like out there on their own, like a solo noob. Like if you and I went together, we would be, ba I would be balancing you. You'd be balancing me. So you, I you would, you would uh, I would be on a leash. That's the <laughs> truth. No, no, I'm not kidding. Cause I will wander off. She'd be like, well, no, no, you, okay, you, you, you might have like an insight or an excitement about something because you just start out that I would right. be like, oh, okay, let's pay attention to this or whatever. Right. Or right. I would be like, oh no, no, you don't have to worry about that. That's going to send you down a path. I, I already right. did that path four years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like right, that, right, that would have right. been what it was, but I was encountering people that were like, I literally heard, and I tweeted this because I remember it being so ridiculous, is I heard somebody, I like to do the overheard at, so like when you're standing in line, you hear someone say something, and this guy said, oh, you do a podcast too? That's so crazy. I have a podcast. Fucking duh. <laughs> I was like, we're at a podcast. Like, we're at a podcast conference. We're all podcasters. We all have podcasts. Friend, friend, um, is that your, um, was that your Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it was so stupid. And the other part is like, there would be people who just like audacity and, and um, let's play a fun game of guess what the podcaster was. Um, someone would mean? be like, are you familiar with my podcast? I don't know who they are. I don't know their name. I don't know anything. I don't know their fate. Nothing. But they just would based on looking at them. just standing next to you in line they'd be like oh do you have a podcast like yeah fucking duh i have a fucking podcast like what the fuck am i here i i i, I wear whenever i go to events that are podcast related i always wear um i have like my my steve jobs outfit right it's usually <laughs> like a black a black mm -hmm. t-shirt with black jeans 
my my Jordans that are black and yellow and white because I'm representing all my races. <laughs> um, and then I have my my militantly mixed hoodie. If it's too hot for a hoodie, then I'll wear a militantly mixed themed shirt. Okay. Um, or if because that's the that's the show that I get most traction on. That's the thing I'm kind of known right. for. That's what I go speaking engagements for and stuff like that. Um, but but if I'm there for multiple days, I will switch out which podcast T-shirt I wear. Okay. You know, I, I, I didn't fair. I didn't make a queer and far T-shirt. Well, in we don't time. have. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to I need to get that done. But um, but so, yeah, I would you know, I was either wearing blurred comics or I was wearing uh, by furious or or militant mix and stuff like that. And so, the, you know, the people are like, are you familiar with my podcast? And then it would be silence. And so I remember saying to someone, I was like, you know, you would have to give information to me to for me to be able to figure out who you are. And the look on this person's face was just like, you don't know who I am? Okay. So pause. This is this is where we guess. <laughs> okay. What was this podcaster? <laughs> um, men with microphones. Um, Essentially. Okay. A podcast is mostly for people who are listening. I understand that sometimes people want to look at our ugly mugs. God love you for being here. I appreciate you. And a lot of people um, have like a video podcast. Right, like a this video thing. But most of the time, podcasts are for listening. What do you mean? Just look at me and tell me what I'm doing. What a stupid icebreaker question. So much was definitely it was one of these. I'm shocked. With a With a penis. Uh, a white with a penis. Um, and you know what? To be honest, and while I still don't know who this person is, I'm assuming they have a very large YouTube following. Or Did you get their name? Should I no. Google it? I mean, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I was just like, I just turned around. I was just like, because they're kind of just talking where I didn't even realize like I was being addressed in the crowd. You know, it was sort of like whoever was standing next to this person. You're like, oh. Hello. And, uh, and so I, you know, and then, so like, I kind of <laughs> like, I did one of, this is what happened is I kind of did one of these because it was such a dumb question that I'd be like, someone would need to know something. Right. That being said, like your badge does say like what your thing is. Oh, if, okay. If you put it on. So, but like, I would either have to look down. So mine says main hustle media slash militantly mixed so that like I was in, in indicating that I had a network. And I had a show, but you can only put one show. So that's what I did. Um, so, you know, you, oh, the other cool thing, I'll get into that afterwards, but I'll finish the story. So I did one of these because it was just like, there was nothing else. So I was like, like, did something happen? Did the person disappear behind me? Like, why did the sentence end with, are you familiar with my show when I don't know right. anything? Uh, and then he made eye contact with me. And it was still silent and I looked behind him and all this other kind of stuff. And, and so when I realized I'm being addressed, I'm like, you know, I would need more information to figure out who you are, you know, like your name and your show or something like that. And it was just that like, what? You don't know who I am. And for all I know, like it could have been Ben fucking Shapiro because I found out later he was at that event. Um, I never saw him, but you know what I'm saying? Like it could have just been that guy. It could have been one of those kind of guys. Like it was just a... Uh, average white that uh, was standing there looking very drabby but w exuding all the confidence in the fucking planet and um, and I 
don't remember if I just turned or if like the thing opened up for us to walk through, but it was just like, that's where it ended. So I don't have a part, I don't have a finish to that story. Um, but there was this divide between like the kind of noob that would be like, um, Hey, you should check out my podcast. You should listen to my podcast. Okay. Um, two. If I was in a different company, <laughs> if I was, if I was not a mixed company, I would have said something completely different than what I'm going to try to change it into, which is basically, motherfucker, no one's here to listen to your podcast. Not a one of us is listening is here to listen to anybody's anybody podcast else's here. podcast. Yeah, that's not what this kind of networking is here. Like yeah. this kind of networking is. I have a podcast host. I need a producer. Are there producers yeah. in the crowd? Okay, Ben. Mm -hmm. You know, I need a new host. Sound site mixer. I, I need, need a sound a, mixer. Yeah, like that yeah. kind of stuff. Like that's the kind of networking you're doing. That's but right. some of these noobs were out here like, uh, like you should listen to my podcast without the exchange part. Because that's the other part of networking that is weird with podcasters is they want you to listen to your their podcast, but they don't want to listen to yours. That sounds about right. And it's like, dude, if I if you don't want to listen to mine, do you think I want to listen to yours? Like, what are you giving that makes me want to listen to you over you right. listening to me? Oh, um, maybe maybe it was that podcaster that likes to like look at the camera when he's in the forest and he says things like, um, "This is why I don't allow my wife to set up boundaries." Ew. Yeah, I was like, oh, is that? I think this guy has popped up on my for you. Like, and being, I'm like, you're in the forest. Stitched. You're in the forest right now, so your wife can't hear you. That's is he truth. the one that says something like, um, "There's no where are the alpha men in the world? Yes. Oh, alpha men don't want to hear women." Blah blah blah. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that was a podcast. So I thought that was just a dumb, a dumb shit that recorded a TikTok that someone. They're all podcasts. We're all podcasters. We're Everybody all podcasts. Podcast Everybody's now. got a podcast. Everybody so, has a podcast. So there was now. a lot of things like that. The other thing about this this conference, though, is that I got an opportunity to meet podcasters that I've actually known, like in the online space, for a really long time. So well, that's cool. I've been a member of a group called the BIPOC podcast creators okay. uh, on Facebook, which is a, a free resource for for um, BIPOC podcasters and uh you know we they they do workshops sometimes sometimes you pay for those sometimes they're free there's a free newsletter there's resource guides if there's a job out in the world they'll post about it they do a weekly um it's two okay. it's two folks so they'll do a weekly um like live stream or something like that and i and actually one of those creators was on my show militantly mix years and years ago and was so this is really, the first time i've gotten to meet them in person that really beautiful black woman that you took a picture with was that her did the I take pictures with them? Uh, there was a stunning. Oh no, that's a Fua. That's from Dragon Con. That's a different story. Oh, so sorry. okay. The it's overall thing though, of these three weeks of travel was that in every place I went to, I was meeting. In almost every place I went to, I, I just realized that wasn't true, and I was about <laughs> She's to like, lie. stop edit. Um, I had to stop for a second. Uh, in almost every place I went to, I was meeting someone that I've known for years online that I hadn't that's met awesome, in person, though. and that started the podcast movement. So, um, so the creators of the BIPOC podcasters, uh, BIPOC podcast creators group is uh, Tangia and um, Maribel. I know Tangia. I have seen she's been on my show. I actually edited one of her shows for a couple of months oh, cool. uh, a while back before I decided freelance wasn't for me. And um, and so uh, so I actually got a glimpse of her, like her walking, but she was far enough away that I was like, I'm not walking that far to, to hunt someone down. <laughs> but then I was walking past her the next day and she just yelled Charmaine. So 
I'm not expecting to hear my name in a crowd. And so I was like, turned around. I was like, oh, hey. And I was like, hey, what's up? And then I realized that, hey, what's up was like the kind of what's up you do to someone you know and meet space and not someone that you've known on the internet for three years and have never yeah. seen in person. Um, so I was like, oh, wait, this is weird. This is the first time I'm actually clapping eyes on your face. So we walked around for a little while. I met Maddie Bell through her as well, uh, who I've exchanged with and typing for but never, but never, okay. never video chat or anything like that. Uh, so I hung out with them for a little while. And thanks, thanks to Maribel and Tangia. Uh, she was like, did you get your water bottle yet from Spotify? And I was like, there's a water bottle from Spotify. Spotify? So of all the exhibition halls, Spotify had the best swag. It was a free glass. I think Ooh. it's actually behind me, but it's a free glass water bottle that had a white cover on the outside so it doesn't get all moist and wet and stuff like that nice. um and it does say spotify and anchor on it but you can't really see it because it's white and it's indented um i was like dope so i was super excited about that free water bottle um because <laughs> uh, other other places give you like a sticker or something yeah. like that, whatever blah, a blah, pencil blah. um but yeah but that was like i was like spotify i mean so they... did spotify okay i don't mean to interrupt but like you're fine is it is it um was this being hosted by several like groups so so or... part of podcast movement is its own entity in the way that okay. like san diego comic-con is an entity okay you know, like, it's that right it's okay. um but then you know they have all kinds of sponsors and so okay. spotify Podbean. um I'm there's a number YouTube. of sponsors that were on there's it yeah YouTube, YouTube, YouTube had a pretty big presence okay. that's right because i was sending you stuff there was stuff like i wanted to send you because i'm like i'm definitely gonna forget this after three weeks of travel so i was just like texting you i'm gonna have to go back and find it again because i know it was like I should have put it in like note form, but instead I was just like texting it because like I need to get this out. We're right? gonna have to come up with a way of like either we Dropbox it or we put it in the Google thing. We're gonna have something. to have something, yeah. Because it was so like impromptu, I was like, "Ooh, I didn't expect that." Do, 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 and yeah. send it over. Uh, so yeah, so I ended up doing more monetization and YouTube based um things. Right. So I will say like the YouTube stuff was probably the most useful because. Uh, you and I start this show directly with YouTube. We didn't even, we didn't go through the, I've been on the podcast for months and now, or a year or two, and now I'm doing video, which right. is what happened with uh, Blurred Comics. We we switched over to video after doing the show for three years. Right. Uh, this is how this starts. And so I'm like, I know, I don't know enough about how people get their shows listened to. The funny thing is, is that I push, I used to, I need to start doing it again, um, but I changed my host site and that's why it doesn't happen automatically anymore. But I used to push an audio only version of Militantly Mix onto YouTube that just had my episode art as the okay. video. Oh. I had so many downloads from YouTube because people, I think because YouTube is usually available at work and so people might listen at work right. and they have their screen minimized. Mm -hmm. And I have tons of comments on my YouTube page. I, I learned really quickly not to read the comments on the YouTube, <laughs> the comments on the YouTube page, though, because um, in particular, there's one guy who gets on there to constantly tell me to stop equating uh, queerness with mixedness because the two things aren't related. When literally, I'm never equating queerness and mixedness. Win, I'm, win. I'm just a win. queer mixed person. I'm like, you can't tell me about my experience. I'm literally a queer person who is also a mixed person, and the reason why I talk about both is because I'm both of those things at one time. So shut the fuck up and stop <laughs> listening to my show. But also, he would listen. Offer resources then if you want to tell me where I'm going. It's need just like ridiculous, something. and it was multiple videos that that he would comment under. And so after a you while, I'm like, you know what? I'm That's never going behavior. to read the comments again. Uh, and so I just like I switched 
podcast host to this current company that I'm using, which I'm already considering switching again, which is Podetize, because what they sold me and what is actually the case is not um, not working for me. Although it is affordable at the moment, it's it's not doing everything that I want it to do. Whereas Libsyn, which is the pinnacle of all podcast host sites, is what I used to have my show on. It's more expensive. It does do some of the things you want it to do, but you have to get into those high, high downloads until it really does everything you want. And so I got to find something else. I'm, I'm looking at another one that of that I connected with at, uh, at okay. podcast movement. So some of that is the networking of like, I am thinking about changing host sites. You know, who do I talk to? You know, that kind of stuff. That being said, I don't go and talk to people if I don't want to. <laughs> so like I was just I was just like walking around and stuff and I was like, you know what? I'm going to email that person later. You know, like I knew that I didn't want to see people in public and stuff. Um, and it was a when mixed it, bag between people wearing masks and not. So I wouldn't go. Okay, up to let's, go, let's, people... let's let's go into that. So like, I think let's start off with who do you think their target audience was? White men with microphones. And business based podcasts. Okay. And okay. And then so um, would you say that um, I mean, from the people that you were talking to, did you have more relationship? But what did they think of the event? Well, they actually hosted an event. So, okay. um, so a couple of things. They they were moderators on a number of panels, and I All did right. not apply to be a moderator on this on this thing because at the time that that was available was around the time I was transitioning out of my comic book shop, and mm -hmm. I really couldn't think beyond that at the time. And in hindsight, I wish I kind of paused and let myself do that because I would have applied for a, a Dragon Con panel. I would have applied to the podcast movement and stuff like that. But I just wasn't in the mind state at the time, so I didn't. But the BIPOC podcast, podcast creators, they had a, a, a meetup um, on the last day that I was there, which was the Thursday, and there was tons of people there. So I'm actually standing in line with someone, and like a, a woman introduces herself to me, and I was like, hey, I've actually listened to your podcast. And it was because on the podcaster group, there's once a week – you can post an episode, but you post an episode and you have to listen to at least that's your that's your agreement. You okay. listen to at least one other uh, one other person's podcast that week as a as sort of payment for trying to get other people to listen to your thing, like to use that networking space. And sure. so I've listened to a one a number of podcasts, like one episode at a time, unless it has grabbed me. And I just so happened to listen to hers. And so her eyes were like, no, you haven't. And I was like, I was like, actually, yeah, I was on one of those swap days, you know, so. I said, so I have listened to at least one episode. So we ended up kind of chit-chatting. And I ended up talking to about four or five people that I probably wouldn't have engaged with if it wasn't like I knew the I at least know the BIPOC podcaster, you know, group. So okay, anybody here is probably a safe person to talk to. Okay. Um, um and then of of the even case, like what that sad little man leaving comments for you is is stop comparing queerness to mixedness yeah okay with that said <laughs> um do you think there how was the representation for the lgbtq so here's uh, yeah so i barely saw any queer related things i i'm okay. sure there were but sure. i didn't see any um besides the occasional queer person that ended up on a stage you know mm -hmm. i didn't see a whole lot of, of of queer representation the other problem that happened with this conference that bothered me was that they they double booked bipoc events so uh i think it was the wednesday night of that event there was a amplified black voices and a latinx panel both at both at the same time 
on the same night. Uh, the next day, it happened again with something else, and it like it's a foggy, but I think it was something was BIPOC something, which had the people from BIPOC podcast creators, and the other thing was a, a Latin A thing as well. So it's just like, bro, I know scheduling a conference of that it's magnitude rough. is rough, and 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 I like in comparison to something like Dragon Con, like I don't even know how they start with Dragon Con. It's insane they have like 200 things going on every hour right but podcast movement probably roughly has about five to ten panels happening in different rooms at at the same time okay so if you have super marginalized groups you should start your booking with those and you plug those in you know obviously you have your keynotes and different things that are in certain spaces obviously you can plug those in first but then then you go to your marginalized you go to your disabled you go to your lgbtq you go to your bipoc whatever mm-hmm. and then after that you put all the dime a dozen shit in right yeah so they they seem to be more careful and not too careful because there was still a lot of overlap there was there was a ton of monetization stuff that was happening at the same time and i was deciding between like well fuck i want to do this so they were but- this it's like one they were more important grouping things together when they shouldn't, if they should have been yeah, stacking. They so should like, have been stacking. I could have been like, all right, at noon, I'm going to do, um, okay, look, there's three options for doing monetization. Yeah. Like, you, you go to this morning, one. I'll go to midday, this one. Afternoon. Yeah. But if you're doing it all at once, well, what if I wanted to do that, but now I don't get anything on the monetization. Okay. Yeah. So, so if we had a team situation, right. we could have split up, but you know, running it solo, I was really deciding between like increasing your newsletter readership and converting that into, mm-hmm. you know, sponsorship and or sales. At the same time, I'm, I'm looking at like, how do you get advertisement? Right. Well, when you're less than a thousand downloads. So like, I think what I'm hearing from you is, is like, they, it sounds like they had, I mean, yes, it's not like Dragon Con with 200 things happening yeah. every hour, but 10 things happening every hour are still good choices and you could have they could have done that yeah yeah and so Um, that was the biggest takeaway even from like when i was at the bipoc uh event was that like a lot of us that were sitting around talking to each other was like i could i had to pick last night between amplify back voices and you know uh uh, latinx stories i think is what it was so it's like as a as a mixed black person obviously i'm going to choose blackness before anything else but had those things not been at the same time, mm-hmm. I would have been like, ooh, something for brown I'm gonna people. Do I'm going to yeah. do both, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and the other part is like if they had done it with Asian and black at the same time, again, for me, because I'm very hierarchical in my ex- identity, I would have probably done the black thing first. Right. That being said, if it was very specific to Japanese-ness or something like that, I might have chosen that one instead. You know, like right. things like that. But because they yeah. were pitting them against each other and because that was right. happening so many times, because that yeah. also happened when I was at Comic Palooza, right? My, mm-hmm. my event and Byron's event from the comic book shop, which I was supposed to be on, be- was yeah, scheduled at that. the same time. So I had to choose my panel over his panel right? And instead of doing support. both. Yeah. And even our, our our customers had to split. So like some of them literally went to half of his and then came into mine right. or vice versa. When it could have been 
Yeah. So yeah, all like, the support behind it. Yeah. So I've and, already talked right. to, to Comic Palooza about that. Uh, they did it multiple times. Um, podcast movement. I'm going to I haven't submitted because I've been too busy, but I haven't submitted my review we'll of it, it yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say that, too. And I'm sure, you know, I'm absolutely sure they've heard this before, but they that, just yeah. don't care because they don't listen. They there's don't listen more to... white people there than there are um, right. and brown people. So um I'm speaking to the internets now because Charmaine already knows this. And when we sometimes have conversations, it's already inferred what we're talking about, but to break it down by, by some people who may be looking at me like me and looking at us right now going, what is the big deal? <laughs> Intersectionality is extremely important mm -hmm. and um, marginalized voices are not heard period. Yeah. And when you're pitting them against each other, it makes it even worse. Because you know what it feels like? Sorry. It feels like, hey, y'all, it's marginalization it's hour. Right. You know, like, and, and we're, the, we're going to tokenize it. And yeah. Right. And so, and like, then, I imagine right. that there there could have potentially been, like, a queer thing, an LGBT or a, right. a disabled thing, a black thing, a brown all thing, happening an at Asian the same thing. Hour. All happening at the same hour. I'd be like, dang, we banged all that out. We're great. We can just go on and, to the rest. And as somebody who is rabidly trying to consume different medias that are outside of my culture. Mm -hmm. You're also limiting it, limiting that the audience, like, yeah, I want to go and experience blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. And I know more people too. And if they were given the opportunity, I know, imagine if so i didn't know that about that i didn't know that i mean how many times do white people say that in a day yeah. i didn't know about that i didn't know about that where they're not even being given the opportunity to find out because they're being yeah. right well yeah. okay i'm gonna choose this because i know you know i'm gonna choose the black but then they don't get to learn anything about you know, latinx people yeah, right? and because these two things were totally different in, in idea and style, too. Like, Amplified Black Voices was specifically talking about, like, how to cash in as Black folks um, in, an, you know, in an audio space like this. And, and how just literally hearing our own voices, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to what it is we're talking about, can be important. Right. And, and part of that also includes, like, you know, not all things that Black folks have to do have to be educational. We want right. to nerd out and be goofy right. too. So, like, it was like it was about all of the different ways in which yes. we could be represented. Right. With with um Latinx stories, because I didn't attend, I don't one hundred percent know. It seemed more like the use of narrative within podcasting space okay. for Latinx. That would have been really interesting. That would have been me. interesting to hear. I I'm just not a Latinx person. Right. So, if you had given me the opportunity to go to both things. I would have done my for the culture thing on my side. And then I would have also done the learning about somebody else's stuff on the other side. Right. And I would have been happy to do that. And actually right. one of the people that I did end up talking to in line at the BIPOC thing was one of the people who did that event. Okay. And so I had mentioned it. Well, I didn't know that that to be the case until I started talking. I was like, you know, last night I was pissed because they had Latinx stories and Amplify Back Voices at the same time. And she was like, yeah, that was my panel. And, and so then we got into like, okay, what, did, what was all about? And blah, blah. So it's just like it's such a common fucking thing that it it's not surprising for someone like me to see where it's I like I can say that to a million white people that aren't you and they would all be like what what why is yes. race and culture why important? isn't that important you know because it's important you guys that you hear from different perspectives outside of your own.
and that's it. And um, and that's the big thing because how many guys with um white guys with microphones? They're all saying the same fucking thing. And I've been saying this for years about podcasting. It is so easy, and I don't know why. Besides racism and white supremacy, it is so easy for a mediocre, random ass white guy to press record, put his stuff on Spotify, and immediately have ten thousand listeners in the first month of of their thing. Whereas someone like me, who has a very niche, everything I do is very niche. Militantly mixed about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. Blurred comics mm. about comics and black culture from a mix from a couple of mixed black birds. Um, by furious uh, LGBT safe space LGBT for POC folks. You know, like, and then queer and far. Queer and far. Literally a travel show about traveling while marginalized and we just both happen to be queer so that's the intersection we chose to name our show after you know what i'm saying like it's so you um so niche that like how do you target people who aren't even the main right. people who li- who are known to listen to podcasts who might benefit who might love fucking listening to podcasts or but aren't even aware of how you can get access to them right uh so before i move on to the next thing one thing that i will say that i really liked about this and i think this has more to do with it being a networking based con than than just like i'm here for fun mm-hmm. is on the the badge they had these qr codes that yeah. were specific to you, your profile. So if you created a profile on the app, someone could walk up to you and you're networking. You could scan their QR code and it would add you to their profile, your profile to their contacts and Ooh. vice versa. And so now I've got these people who I, I told them, like, I'm traveling for the next couple of weeks, but I'm going to hit you back up. So as long as the app is still available, I can go back and I'll reach out to these that, people that I met. OK, hold on. So it's a separate app. It was a podcast app. Yes. Or it was the event app. So like a lot of cons now are starting to either use something like show clicks or uh, read pop or there's a number of different apps that are like event apps. Right. Okay. Podcast movement had their own app. So you could get the schedule. You could book your own schedule. You could connect with folks um, on the thing and it would like tell you where everything was. So I downloaded the app a couple days before, and then I was just scanning people whenever I started to, to meet people because this was my way of keeping track of them. So I think this is probably the most brilliant thing that they did given that it was sort of a networking type of thing. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, the, the only takeaway that I remember the thing from, that stand out to me with, for, with you messaging me, the, the, I learned a lot. Like there's some things you sent me and then I yeah. looked up by later. But the one thing that stood out to me the most, and it's it's a, it's a, it's a not a good story, is like you you sent a text message and I read it. I read it out loud to to uh, to Jeff, where you're like, I just watched a grown man, oh yeah, sneeze, yeah. cough, wipe yeah. his hands all over his face, and then yeah. dry his hands on the chair in front of me. And then, quote, it's like the pandemic never happened. Yep. Yeah. And I, I'm watching, I'm like, the, I was like this. I was like, I was like, ha ha. I just like wanted to walk around with that micro bond and just be like, around right after the him. whole day. Yeah. Like, honestly, I would have said, I would have sprayed his face and asked him to open his mouth. Like, I get up, like, every time people would cough without masks, I'd get up and move chairs and stuff like that. Um, so that'll tell, I'll put a pin in that because that's going to pop up again in the third oh, event. No. <laughs> okay, we're going to put a pin in it. Pin a pin, put a pin in coughing raw dog style. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Raw dog. Raw, raw dog internet. Raw dogging the, pa- okay. the planet with your coughs. I did not uh, so then the next event the that I went to, so though I was actually trying to do like a, a fly 
direct thing, but I timing wise, I wasn't going to be able to fly directly from Dallas to Anaheim and it be convenient mm -hmm. given that. Oh, I remember now. Yeah. So I ended up having to drive. So, yeah. so this is what happened. I have had podcast movement and dragon con booked as events that I was attending this summer for since about oh, January, a long time for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was reasonable because uh, podcast movement was just uh, um, December, Jesus, uh, August 23rd to the 26th or 27th. And um, dragon con was September 1st to the 5th. It's a, it's a labor day weekend, five day event. Okay. So with a couple weeks, you know, like week and a half in between, I was like, this is going to be dope. This is going to be fine. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, so and I, had, then. I attended what is called Colexicon, which is a t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Um, Colexicon is the largest queer woman and femme, uh, geek conference, which is based around a fandom that I know fucking nothing about. It's a, a show called the hundred or 100 or something like that. And there, I think it's like a post-apocalyptic thing. And there is two girls oh. that, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if the girls actually fall in love or if the audience just wants these two girls to fall in love. And they call one of them is named okay. Clark and one of them is named Lexi or Lexa. And so they put it together, Kalexa. So this whole con is based off of people shipping Kalexa. Okay. So it's called Kalexicon. Again, okay. I know fucking nothing about this thing. I just, I was Googling like queer women things a while back and I found Kalexicon and I looked up all the stuff and I saw what got me was that I saw that Felicity Day was in attendance at the time that I had looked it up and I really like Felicity Day. I so really I was like, like, I was like, too. oh, dope. She goes to this every year, it looks like. And then I noticed that they had a scholarship thing for people to attend because it's in Vegas, usually it was in Vegas every year. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply to the scholarship. Let's see. Because worst things that happens, I don't get the scholarship. Let's I never no. go to Kletzcon. Yeah. Well, I got the scholarship. And what I actually got, and this was 2020, what I actually got was uh, my hotel, my plane, and my badge was going to be all taken care of so I can attend this event, which is amazing. And 100% the difference between when women and femmes and non-binary folks are planning an event versus when anybody else is because they're just so thoughtful about right. possible things right so there was like a handful i don't remember how and, many but there was a how much was that total like how much did that would that have i mean you? it was at the tropicana so i imagine for four days at the tropicana it wasn't too cheap you know i the the original so it happened the year of the pandemic so it got canceled right it, it, it takes place in april usually it got canceled right after uh, March. And so I didn't get to attend. And so, um, but at the time what they had booked for me was the hotel and Southwest flights. So I was like, this is dope, right? Those okay. are great. Pan the panty happened. And so I didn't get to go to the event. Well, Stupid last panty. year they decided to open it up in November instead of April, because at that point things were opening up. And by that point I had opened up the shop. I was already out in the public and stuff like that anyway. So I reached out to them and I said, Hey, I was a scholarship winner in 2020, but because the pandemic, I didn't get to attend. Uh, is there any way that I could attend this year? And this was about six weeks, I think before it was about to pop off or maybe a month or so. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So they booked all my stuff. And in this case I had frontier and spirit. Um, never again, never again. Uh, we can get into that on another episode too. Uh, waffle, the waffle house of, of the, yeah. of the air. So like they had to pay for me to have a bag and stuff like that. Like to carry the bag on, they had to pay for me to carry the bag on. 
Yeah. They pay you, they mark, they dime, they dime you for everything. It's ridiculous. But that was at the Tropicana. I got flown in. I got to hang. I, I had no responsibilities. I, I just attended. And I had, uh, I was by myself and I didn't really engage in, I was also high anxiety because the first time I had traveled on a plane mm -hmm. to go to a place like Vegas since the okay. pandemic had happened. So I interacted when I wanted to, but I kept okay. it pretty tight that time. Um, I had some notes about inclusivity and, and diversity panels and stuff like that too. But for the most part, I had a good, a good run of it enough that I thought like I would go again if, if it were free or, or cheap or something like that. If I could make it work, I'd go again. Uh, and then a couple months ago, I saw, I follow them still on all the social media and they had posted something about um, how to moderate panels. And since that's hmm. something I'm getting into now, I had right. moderated panels at Comic Palooza here in Houston. I was like, yeah, you know, let me take this little workshop. It might be helpful, right? Uh, plus it's going to be queer based. I was like, this is way really dope. And then maybe one day I can, I can moderate a panel at Clexo. So I take the thing without reading the small print. What I did not realize at the time is that not only was it a workshop to learn how to moderate panel, it was an audition to moderate. And I think it's probably better that I didn't know it. Yeah, I, I think just, so too. Because I, I just went in as my regular ass podcasting self, right? And so um, I did my little workshop. And uh, at the end of the thing, she says, okay, everybody has a chance to like perform as a moderator real fast and ask, you know come up with a question ask a question of me and I'll give you notes so everybody got a chance to do that and I was throwing my question together the last minute and um so people came prepared that's the difference is that people came prepared and you were with their the question for the thing I had to write it while people were talking this is professional don't show but don't show up prepared don't show up prepared. This, this is the takeaway from this. Um, but, you know, I am a <laughs> podcaster. And not only that, I don't do a standard Q&A with, no. with my guests anyway. I always let the vibe. Like, I have some questions in the pocket in case things get weird. But um, I, I go off the vibe of my guests. And so I really kind of base things off of that. So I was nervous once I found out I was going to have to come up with a question because usually I'm going off of whatever someone Who'd says. You know? Um, but I ended up going into something that was on brand for me. And I basically kind of prefaced my question with, uh, you know, as a person of color, I, I didn't experience a whole lot of representation going up. You know, I couldn't find my whole self as a black Japanese and British American kid, you know, right. or that was also queer. I was not going to see myself on screen. But right. what I could do was find little nuggets of representation, in different places that that either empowered me or made me feel seen in some way, shape or form. What for you as a queer, you know, fill in the blank, whatever your deal is, um, were those little nuggets that you had, you know, growing up to be represented and being empowered That's a by? really good personal question without being personal. So that's exactly right? what she said is that um, a lot of times moderators will ask this like super oh. personal question and it would make the person on the spot and be like, "Ooh, I don't know if I want to answer that question. But she said you managed to ask a personal question without making it personal because they can literally they don't have pick to opt choose. out. They can right. pick and choose. Like they don't have to be too revealing. Um, yeah. And they can and stuff. And so and so she she was like, no notes. Moving on. So she moved to the next person, and I was like, no notes. No, no. So I had I was like the only person in that group that had no notes. Everybody else got a note. <laughs> You're that um, kid that sits in the front row. Yeah, I was a total nerd. <laughs> So I was so proud of myself. I was like, that's dope. I'm proud so, of you. So at the end of the call, she was like, hey, everybody, some of you are going to get um, 
emails in the next day or two to invite you to the thing. But the only criteria was that you had to already be kind of planning on going, going. to Calexa because um, okay. they weren't paying for travel and stuff like that in this no. case. Because you're talking about in this climate. No, I mean, you're talking about like a hundred panelists, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, so it's mostly, and, and that's actually pretty common for a lot of conferences. Uh, well, conventions and stuff like that is usually the case that like you get a free badge and then maybe you get some kind of comp of some sort. Um, and so I was anticipating that anyway, but when I got the invite, I think I hit you up and I was like, so I got to figure out how to get my ass to Anaheim. Yeah. In between Dragon Con and podcast movement, because I'm going to be booked on things. And I wasn't going to know until about a week or two before how many events I was going to be booked on. Right. But I'm financial backing. But you're your, financial backing. Your, and you, your and mobile, you made it work. You're mobile mouth Maybelline. And I'm. <laughs> uh, so I was just like, oh, shit. And so I'm still getting used to that. And so sure. for people who don't know our dynamic, although we have alluded to it, is that you are paying for travel and stuff. And I'm like doing a lot of the tech she stuff. She does all the work. And then you and I talk about everything together. Plus, you do a lot of research stuff. So, like, we're balancing it out in different things. Yeah. But like, you didn't want to do it my way, which was I pay for it, and then you get to be the face. You're like, yeah, no, you're gonna, we're gonna do it together. I'm like, yeah. And then what? you also are constantly saying you're not doing enough, and I'm always saying I'm not doing enough because I'm not, I'm undervaluing my podcasting mm -hmm. and tech skill, and you're undervaluing Editing. your 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 research and money part and, so and with our powers combined we're combined, both yeah not doing enough and also doing everything so it is what it is so you helped me get there you got you you made it all possible and um and so i was like shit how am i gonna do this because like there's still two days left of podcast movement which i had i had already paid for that badge like long before we had decided mm -hmm, to do this mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. so i'm like i've already paid for most of this but this is an opportunity that's actually going to elevate me. So I'm going to go ahead and say yes to the Clexicon. So I ended okay. up leaving a day early, two days early, so that I could get to Clexicon. So what okay. I did was I drove from Houston to Dallas, and I just stayed in Dallas driving up. And then I had to drive from Dallas to Houston late at night on Thursday so that I could mm -hmm. fly out early Friday the next, morning. The next morning, the next, I remember. I was yeah. like... Yeah, because I got home at like eight or <laughs> or something like that. And I had to like wash all my clothes, fold all my clothes, repack my shit, and get back and in get the things so I can go out. Um, it was fine; it worked out. Uh, but I was pretty tired and and everything. Uh, but it still it it mostly worked out. And uh, and so Friday wasn't like too many duties, except that I had been invited to participate in a documentary that was being put on by Queer Twenty Six. Um, and they were I doing, know them. You follow them. Yes, I do. So I actually started You're following be them. Famous. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> I, I actually followed them because I had encountered them at Colexa the, pri the previous year. That's how I started following them. And so when I found out the Queer 26 was doing a documentary, I didn't even get for an description. I just reached like one of the one of the organizers reached Stacy reached out to me and she was like, uh, you know, we're asking a few people we really want to be in this doc if they'd be willing to do it. And I was like, Yeah, sure. And then, like, a day later, I was like, hey, what's this about? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, for me, like, I'm a person of service, right? So, like, they're I like, know, hey, we want people. I know, but this is how people get kidnapped. You need to stop. Well, like, no, I mean, I felt like, you know, oh, I mean, Kalexa no. was already providing me with all this opportunity. So, I was like, for the, the way it was presented to me was, like, they needed my help. And so, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, bet, you know, like, this is, a, this is me being of service. 
Uh, and so they're like, yeah, it's a documentary about Collect's experience, like as a queer person, as a BIPOC person, um, you know, what is it like to have a space like this? And, I, and then also because I was moderating, I was, I was kind of repping for that side. And I was like, okay, dope. So my only requirement duty wise on that first Friday was to do my spot for the, for the right. doc. Um, you'll be proud of me. I put on a, a dress, like a, it's a little t-shirt dress, but it's still, it's still a big deal for me. I bet you looked down. cute. I wore my Jordans because there's only, there's only one way I for me to be. still look cute. Uh, but I did my little spot and I had to repeat a couple times just to make sure they had enough coverage for everything. And then, um, and then I spent the rest of the, the day kind of in my hotel, like preparing myself for um, the next day, which is, on that first Saturday or on that Saturday, I was the moderator for Bi Plus representation. Okay. And what I did not know was that they put us on the main stage, the big stage. I expected to be in the small stage. You were in I, the center ring. Yeah, we were in the center ring. And so, and it was the biggest, you know, the biggest room, the biggest space. And, and here, I mean, famous. The, the truth is like as, as a representative of the B, <laughs> the B plus line in the LGBTQ plus community, is that we're the largest growing population with the most variation and yet mm -hmm. we're the either the least represented of all Absolutely. the LGBTQ plus people or we're just straight up presented problematically. Right. We're the, the home wreckers, you know, is a thing, right? There's the, yeah. there's the erasure part and then there's just the predatory bi bisexual that is in so many things. And so to get, so for me to be surprised by like, I didn't, I was like, oh shit, we're in the main room. Um, that was a big deal because to me that was Colexa acknowledging the fact that the the bi plus proper um, you know population is the largest population of the LGBTQ community. So on my panel, I had bi people, I had pan people, I had omni people, you know, and we're and none of these people I had met before. These were all and you were monitoring this panel. This was yeah, your... I was the moderator okay. of this panel, and they okay. they like Colexa did everything. They I didn't have to put it together. I just had to show up so when they reached out to me they're like we think you're best suited for these panels and then i would say yeah i said yes absolutely to this yes absolutely to this um this one i will do some research on to see if i can figure this out you know like that's how it kind of went down and then that's they sent cool, me an, an assignment later so i didn't have to find the guests i didn't have to tell you know i didn't have to do any of that they did it for me this um, sounds very different like some that rather great. than some of your other yes, places that you've been to it's such a great position it's very i mean everything is going to have some because everything's going to go wrong right like you mm -hmm. can't plan for everything you have to learn how to move and blah blah but this yeah. sounds very organized this was very organized and and really thoughtful and more than anything like the the organizer that i spoke to the most often uh, her name was stacy uh, we were like uh like chatting it up in the emails you know in preparation for all this because they had never done a comic book base like there have been comic book creators and stuff but right. they hadn't necessarily done a comic base panel and so when i said you know i'm a former comic book store owner my podcast is this whatever blah 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 if there's anything comic related definitely put me in for that they basically built me a panel and so the people that they put on the panel one of my one of which i was familiar with from the previous year who was in a cartoonist panel actually a cartoonist panel that became an accidentally polyamorous panel because everybody on the stage happened to be poly so it was really like i so i remember as soon as i saw that name i was like oh i remember i remember this person from last year and then, uh, and then, um, so yeah, I got a, I, so they ended up assigned, like they ended up creating this panel for me to moderate. And, right. uh, and so for the first, on the first day I did buy plus in the big room and we right. had, we had great questions from the audience. We had a good Are you allowed to, to say anybody it. that 
you interviewed or are you allowed to give out names or they don't want it's you mostly that? just that i have to remember the names <laughs> i'm sorry i don't mean to put you on the spot like that I, <laughs> it was, was so there many anybody like like so because it sounds like it's people from all walks of life and all yeah. nerddom. So it could be anything from a TV show to a, yeah. So there, there to... were stars from um, Batwoman there. There were stars from Kalexa there. There was the people from the, the first kill that's on Netflix, which I did end up watching beforehand. Um, okay. They were there. Um, uh, one of the girls looks like my ex. So like as much as I liked her character, it's also very hard to like, stare like, at her. Because nope. so. she's pretty, but she's like a prettier version of my ex, I guess is what it was. Um, it's, so yeah, whatever. Uh, That's basically, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Internet, we're moving along. Moving along, we're going to. So that. yeah, there was like some famous people submit there. Submit questions. Um, but not as like Felicity Day wasn't there, which is like originally, she wasn't there last year either. And I was, like, that was my original poll was that she. I, she had, had a baby. I think she might've, yeah, something like that. And I'm pretty sure but know, um, probably annoying. But yeah, like uh Queerly Beloved, the burlesque troupe was there. Um, yeah, there was all it's all kinds of folks that were there. And then my panel were just a bunch of creators. So uh one was uh, on the by on the by panel, uh one is an act an actor and a content creator, a writer, uh Teresa Lee. Uh there's an act an actor, uh, Giovanni uh Espiritu. Um Actually, I kind of want to stalk her because she's so much fun. Like afterwards, I was like, I need to be your friend. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, there was a number of people. Like I had a. Do a you need a bye kitty? A bye kitty? Yeah, that's you. You're gonna, like I'm not stalking you. I'm, oh, like a, I'm like a, I'm a pet I'm, now. I'm a pet. I don't want to be someone's pet. I just want to kind of like be in stock with somebody and just On like not actually. Have to see yes, she wants to be someone's pet, but on other I, situations, I, I no, I don't. No. Although there is a creator, maybe okay. Um, there, there is a creator on the Tiggity Talks that today I just realized that they were British and I didn't realize that they were British before. And so um, he was playing three different characters in the skit that he was doing. And I said to my friend, I definitely want to be in a four way with this person with three of him, three hems and about. one me. I know who um, you were talking about. So, yeah, that was also like because I'm not really on my boy kick at the moment. I'm kind of mm. way past and over my boy kick. But then he brought it up and I was like, fuck, now I'm into the boys again. It's fine. It's fine. I'll get it's it. It's OK. Out. We all have, you know, we, we, we all have our slips. Um, But yeah, so so the, the bi panel went really well. We we got to I think uh, the last minute someone got swapped out because I think one of the people ended up um getting covid so they like swapped out a person yeah. to be on the stage with us or whatever so we were talking about by representation and all the different things so like we had actors we had writers we had um a casting agent um how phenomenal uh lisa zambetti i think her name was the casting uh, agent so like everybody that i had on there was like in a different aspect of being out there being a creator of some sort and then um but we were talking about like the how to how to incorporate bi-ness or you know b plusness in that thing so it was really great and then immediately after that with no downtime i went from being a moderator on the main stage to being a panelist on the main stage because right after that was the queer bipoc uh representation panel cool. which i was on on okay and that one was really great because first of all there was two people on the panel that i had I had seen before and have followed them for a while. And so it was like, I'm going to share a stage with these people. Um, and, uh, and so now it's time for me to like reach out and connect because I've been traveling. Um, and then there was a couple of people I hadn't heard of before, but we all had, we were all in the industry in some way, shape or form. I was kind of there representing the, the podcasters. There was, um, uh, you know, like a, a couple channel YouTube channel content creator, 
there was a, a producer. There was a person who was an organizer of getting BIPOC people booked into higher positions in the entertainment business. Um, I'm really liking how they have they planned this. You, this we con. definitely need to go together. I next would really time. enjoy um, this. I, you would have really loved it, and I, I understand why you're not traveling right now. But I think that I think uh, when when you are comfortable to travel, Colexa is something I definitely want to experience with you because uh, for me, I feel like it's my annual thing now. Like I, I don't know how I won't go unless yeah, I can't afford sounds- to. It just um, sounds like they really took a very conscious mm-hmm. choice on finding, you know, because um, how you would do like casting, per, you know, how do you cast, for, yeah. you know, by characters? How do you write for by characters? How do you remember? How do you, you know, how do you write books? How do you do this? How the do you do casting that? agent one was really cool because what, what she was saying was like, you know, if the character like that people would come to her because technically you can't put all of this stuff in a casting description. Right. And it'd be like this person, like we kind of want what you can't put in there is we want an actual bisexual to play this role. But what you can say is the vibes need to be right. You know what I'm saying? So then since she can't directly ask, like, are you a bisexual person? She could say different things to try to get the vibes right. So that even if on camera, this person is never um, tapped as a bisexual person that mm-hmm. the vibes push through mm-hmm. that kind of thing so mm-hmm. she had some interesting stuff to say oh uh, actually that reminds me there was also a, a romance writer oh. who does uh, women loving women content okay and um her name was melissa i forget her last name well, can you show are they is any of this stuff recorded and you can watch it? Somewhere? It is recorded, but it's not available to the public. I have oh. reached out to ask like how many clips can I share of, you know, okay. within my thing, just to get kind of, you know, tease you. Because the other part is I've done some things that I'm really proud of. I said some things I'm really yeah. proud of that I would kind of like to put out there. So I'm just waiting for that response. Um, but yeah, they gave us all a chance to, to download. Oh, actually I still need to download two of them, but um, and I'm sorry to interrupt you again, but does this con <laughs> offer like, you know how a lot of people, um, because for various reasons, can't travel, can't afford to go to a They con. do have a virtual version. So of it. they do so have a virtual? That, you could buy the virtual version, which which started because of um, the, pandemic. the pandemic. But when I was talking to Stacey, I was like, I'm glad that you kept that up because even though people are traveling, like, you know, if anything, it's taught us that there's people who want to participate, but they can't right. come. Like people with disabilities or autoimmune yeah. um, issues that can't take that risk. Yeah. Or and so maybe more, you're working or something. I mean, even yeah. Dragon Con had a virtual as That's well, cool. like a virtual pass. And so, but there was also some events that were only virtual. So like oh. I wanted to go see um, Jim Starling, which is a creator of Thanos and stuff, but he was only on a virtual thing. Okay. So short of me paying extra so that I could also get the virtual badge. So that's the other part is you don't get both. Oh, you get one or the other. Oh, how much? Most is it? cons are doing that. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know, but most okay. cons are doing a version of that. So, like Things last year, yeah. I did a virtual. I bought a virtual pass to New York Comic Con so that I could watch some of the panels while I was traveling. So I was actually okay. traveling to Lexicon last year and watching New York Comic Con on my downtime. Um, okay. And then this year, I'm actually going to New York Comic Con. So yes, you are. Um. Uh. So yeah. So Lexicon. Again, uh, that seems like a great one. It seems like it was for accessibility. For lots accessibility, of options. Was great. There was a lot of options. Um, intersectionality was intersectionality sounds like spot on. Um, and it's just you know it's just fun to. Last year there were mermaids because there was a swim party, 
Um, this year, I don't know if I got there when there was a pool party. I, I didn't go uh, to it, but um, there's like queer karaoke. You know, there's all kinds of things that they do, the 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 burlesque show and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, for me, yeah, I would have done that. Colexicon is going to always be a thumbs up because uh, they also gave me what they empowered. They empowered me as a moderator in a way that I, I haven't experienced in other places before that. Um, it sounds like they took a lot of the pain out of they and did. worry. And then because therefore that, you could flow easier. Yeah. Cause that was the problem. Like they specifically, like, like they put, they said like, send us the things that you're comfortable talking on. Okay. I sent those things. I was originally going to be interviewing um, the person who plays poison Ivy on uh, the new Batwoman TV show, Bridget Regan. But unfortunately it was booked around the time that my flight was happening uh, for me to go to the airport. So I was like, it was going to be too tight, too close. Like I could have done it, but I think it would have been too tight and I would have been stressed out and I don't think I would have. So what I said to them is like, I don't think I can give my best self to Bridget on stage, even if I'm going to have, Mm -hmm. which she deserves because Mm -hmm. I'm going to be worried about this like 15 minute window between the time it ends to the time I need to start going through and we and all know how cons are it's hard to get it's you're like oh it yeah is. i'll just get out the door no that's not how because even even when i did yeah. end my thing i was trying to still get out and just get out a little bit early i you yeah. know i was like a, probably an extra hour early by that yes. point but the amount of times i got stopped in the hallway so that's actually something that's that was a different experience for me is that that i'm trying to get out of the hotel like get back to the room get my shit check out so i can get my lift and i got stopped in the hallway by someone that, that's like could tell she uh, they were really uh, like introverted because uh, I didn't get their pronouns so I don't know uh, they were really introverted and and they were like sorry can I just stop you for a second like right. I just want to say that like everything you said yesterday on the queer uh, BIPOC thing was un- incredible and I'm just glad I got a chance to see you to say just like thank you for talking and okay bye and then and I was like I was trying to be like thank you you know you want to take a picture whatever if they were they just back. like peace and i okay. get it like the ambivert in me is like i can turn it on when i need to but when i want it off i want it off and so it was probably a lot for them to just be like maybe you have a new follower somewhere on instagram maybe or something. I don't and then know. and then we could be like hey if that's you reach out you, reach we out, would yeah. love to chat with you so and that you actually don't chat did with us, happen a couple chat. of times but that one in particular the person that noticed. stopped me there, i got a little it was misty. just like, yeah, I was just like, me? You know, I I got, a little, I got a little misty. <laughs> I like that. So it was that's fun. why we that's why you want this is why you do it. Yes, I want to talk about my things and I want to talk about whatever, this but, stuff, but I want but I do want to impact you want to uplift an somebody. Yes. And it, and I th- I think there is something to be said when someone looks at you and says, you help me feel validated. Yeah. There's something magical yeah. in that statement in any of its forms. But anyway, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So that was great. So uh, I, I'll admit I was not ready for Klexa to end. Uh, whereas last year, because I was filled with so much anxiety, I kind of was ready for it mm-hmm. to end. But this year, and then kind of dealt with later on, I'm like, you know, that was fun. I enjoyed being there. Um, well, well, last year was no vaccines, right? This year was. So I was vaccinated when I left. I was okay. trying to get boosted, but I didn't get boosted in time. I wasn't available until after I came back. So okay. I actually didn't get my boost until right after I came back. The, la- the, um, the last class. Last year. Okay. This year, I have this four times. This pandemic feels like we're just. I know. Who knows? Like this year, <laughs> I got four. Like as of now, I'm sitting on four shots. If okay. they were still doing the boosting, which I can't seem to tell if they are. They I'm are. almost they eligible. Have, they just 
they just released one while you were doing your traveling that just said that they're going to be allowing an, um, another one that's going to be uh, specific to the Omicron four and five. Okay. The one that's kind of kicking everybody's ass so right that now. One I and don't have yet. that we need. I need that one too. And to be honest, uh, I, I need to like, I'm so surprised I haven't gotten it yet, given how much I've been out in the air and on the street. Who knows? You may have had it and you just don't know it. Maybe. You just don't have any sense. But let's see. We're just going to knock on wood. And um, I, I probably should have taken uh, one of the home tests when I got home just as a check. But like I didn't have symptoms, so nothing triggered it. And I'm trying to hold on to those well, tests. Until and I to know be fair, these tests don't are not they're for the ones that the old one not the new ones mm -hmm. that live in different parts of the um right so when it comes to Clexicon, i know that cons can't control everything but i'm hoping that they because they seem so thoughtful with their planning mm -hmm. but how did, would you do fine again you're not disabled but for mobility, You're trying to keep things open. How did you find things? So, yeah. So I try to be really aware of the mobility aspects of, of disability, mostly because it's something we've been talking about for what your future might look like. And, um, you know, there's other people in my life that that is a, an issue for them as well. Um, in my case, I, I think I have like a couple invisible type of disabilities that, uh, were triggered a few times in d throughout the course of this, but specifically for mobility, uh, one thing like they kept very wide aisles. Okay. Um, in terms of, and then they had a sort of desert, I don't know if it was necessarily designated or if this is just kind of how it happened that mm -hmm. wheelchair folks were sort of in the front Good. of, of everybody, you know, front of the last chair, I guess. Good. Um, the hotel itself didn't necessarily have bench enough benches, I would say. So like okay. if you were walking with a cane and maybe you got tired because there was times like my feet were killing me and I, cause I have really bad, um, I have fallen yeah. arches and yeah. really jacked up ankles. So I want to sit pretty mm -hmm. regularly, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that for me, there wasn't necessarily enough seating, uh, okay. walking down a hallway versus like being in the area where they were, there was. Oh, you know okay. What I'm saying? So in the, um, the con area that's what i'm hearing you say but on yeah. getting places not yeah so like because because okay. i was in uh so this was at the uh anaheim marriott and i was in a tower that was far away from the thing so i had to like wriggle Schlep. through one tower to get okay. to the other side and, okay. and stuff like that and so by the time i would get to the other side i'd be like man i'd, I'd cross to the lobby and be like i'm gonna sit here for a minute and then right. get up and like you know go to the next you know thing okay. that's because the and then i'm I they had good wheelchair. I mean, um, well, most elevators. People, they had elevators and everything like that. And I think the the problem with elevator, the what was weird about uh, Anaheim Marriott is that you select your floor in the lobby. So when you go into the elevator, oh. you don't have buttons. Oh. You don't have buttons inside the elevator, which is actually kind of terrifying. I did not realize how scary that was because what if I'm in there with people and I'm uncomfortable and I want to jump off the, elevator. you know, off the thing. Um, so, so yeah, when you go through the elevators, like when you're in waiting outside the elevator, that's where the numbers are. And that's where you press what floor you want to be on. Um, which I thought was weird. I am wondering if they're trying to avoid those people that hit all of them. Maybe 
the 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 thing is is like it wasn't so crowded that you that like i ever had an issue where it's like oh there's too many people plus also wheelchair okay. you know which that did happen in atlanta though um because we're talking about a hundred thousand people in atlanta whereas i don't know what the attendance of clexicon is but i'll, I'll say that there's one big room plus the exhibit exhibition hall plus okay. two two I think it's only two um, conference rooms, smaller conference okay. rooms, and then they have breakout session rooms, right? So it's not okay. the it's not a huge con, but it's very okay. specific to its audience. So, so it's all so like, did they have downtime places or quiet places for people maybe who are on the spectrum? So uh, that is actually not something that I was aware of, and I, okay. I would have to check. But I will say that references something I did want to talk about. And another thing is. A couple years ago, I went to the Geek Girl Con. When I was when I said about Colexicon, this is the difference between when women and non-binary femmes are involved in planning. Yes. Um, Geek Girl we Con can, in yeah. Seattle has a quiet room, mm. and it's a large room, mm. so you can stand wherever and not necessarily be right next to people. Yeah. Okay, good. And you could just shut it down. And when I saw that, I was like, "This is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen." Yeah, it's it's so thoughtful. Yeah. I really wish Disneyland did things like that. I wish every place fucking had these places, to be honest. Like, even in the airport, there's times, like, I, I walked so far away from my gate to find a little patch. Quiet and this spot. is when I was in Santa, Santa Ana Airport, to find a little booth and table or something where I could just be by myself. And I put my headphones on because they're, they're sound counseling. And even still, it was just like, oh, there's still fucking people. You know, like... Um, it would have been nice to be able to have a quiet, quiet spot. But so that I'm not aware of. It doesn't mean they don't have it. I just didn't see it. Um, but if it's anything, I would probably suggest I would suggest it definitely for every con to have it. And for something as big as Dragon Con, I guess they're assuming most people would go up to their rooms. But like I didn't stay at the hotels, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Cause like not everybody stays at your hotels. Yeah. And some people like drive in from LA or whatever mm -hmm. or something like that. So um, so yeah, I would have to check on that, but I did that's not something I noticed this time around. But um Okay. Oh, the other part is that they did require vaccination and if you and or a doctor's note to say why you couldn't. And so you would get a um actually it fell down, but you would get a wristband. That you okay so i just had it like attached to my thing like this you know um to indicate that you are a vaccinated person um or that you were approved right so that you didn't have to worry about and i'm assuming then if you weren't vaccinated you had to wear a mask everybody was encouraged to wear a mask okay. and then all the microphones had microphone panties on them Good. but what i so one thing i would say is the microphone panties i wish they had given us some so that we could put our own oh, you know, no. on that's but, smart um, maybe that's a good maybe that's a good feedback for them maybe that's a note for the future yeah. but yeah because not because uh, sometimes they weren't there so they're like some people were raw dogging their mics and some people weren't and mm -hmm. if they had to mm -hmm. share you know blah mm -hmm. blah blah um so that would have been one thing but uh but yeah all in all it was uh like even in the exhibition hall was pretty wide space walk through spaces so like if you were moving through with and I will say that some of the wheelchairs that I saw at the event were the were the really large base ones, the electric mm -hmm. ones that mm -hmm. really had some mobile, uh, yeah, okay, oomph to know, it, the big bag dirty pack and all that kind of stuff to mm -hmm. it. And in those cases, 
especially in the exhibition exhibition hall, you weren't looking for people getting they hemmed up. You know, mostly people would part and, and the aisles were big enough that you didn't Good. really have to worry too much about. Good. So I would say that in terms of physical accessibility from an observer who's looking for it, I felt it was present as a person who's not sitting in that position. I, you know, I would definitely probably ask uh, yeah. if, if they also agree with that, but uh, it definitely looks better than most things I've gone to. And since I go to a lot of conventions, I'm pretty aware of like how difficult. I wonder if there's a way we can ask these questions using like certain hashtags, like in trying to find people um, like maybe on Twitter and something. Hey, maybe what did yeah. you guys do? You, do you guys give it mind giving us uh, what you guys thought and yeah. from your perspective? That'd be nice. Yeah. So, right. it, but yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to leave. I wasn't quite ready to go. And, and in hindsight, given, I, I think I did the right thing though, booking the flight when I was, because there was as only awkward times to get from, and I, and this mm -hmm. one I had to do connecting flights because there wasn't direct from Houston to Santa Ana. Um, I didn't get home until 1am. Mm -hmm. So I, it was a very long travel day for me and no matter what, it would have been that even if I left right. on Monday, I would, yeah. it would have been as long a travel yeah. day, but it just would have been earlier maybe. But then that would have shortened my time of being home and resting because I had two days. I had only two yeah. days <sighs> between Calexicon and Dragon Con. And, and in addition to that, I had to prep cosplay which i yes. i only kind of half-assed did to be honest because i was so tired by this point mm -hmm. um plus a week you know i was there i was gonna be there for eight days um or seven days seven and a half days uh so it was just like i needed to do, pack a lot i needed to get a lot done i'd right. gotten my nails done I, with the powder these two fingers have popped off even though it's powder so it's like my fingernail but it's powder Mm -hmm. but these popped off even though it's been less than two weeks whatever uh you know i did stuff like that like i got my nails done i you know got yeah. waxed i did all that other kind of stuff um and then i packed and i washed clothes we're taking our motto seriously okay i know Wax, uh, yeah absolutely waxed, 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 and waxed. Waxed, waxed and fully packed speaking of being waxed <laughs> i am trying i'm waiting to hear back as to when i'm hoping i'm hoping that i am eligible for um monkey a monkeypox vaccine okay. through an organization here in uh, Houston called the Normal Anomaly. Uh, I know some of the organizers, and uh, I didn't use my cloud of knowing them. I just applied their their regular application. So we'll see if I'm one of the ones that get. Um, plus, they know me yeah, by my me my performative good. name and not my government name, so they might not even know it's me if it's if it's uh, popping up anyway. So I'm not using cloud for government it. name. Um, right. But yeah, so then two days of, of packing and getting myself ready and still and now feel we ready. And now we go to Atlanta. Atlanta. And now we are in the dragon of the con. Okay. The dragon of the con. So with Atlanta, again, I had this booked back in January. And so this is the one trip I did pay for travel wise, but you supported me with like logistics, <laughs> you know, like, right. okay. like, um, you know, lift money and all that other kind of stuff. I think we did some extra food, some extra um, food and things. Yeah. And, and to be honest, everything's like, gone up in price. Yeah, everything got so expensive that uh, while on my budget for everything, I was accounting for some stuff, but not to the degree that everything was actually costing. Yeah. Um, so that that was something. And and um, you know, between 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 Dallas and Calexicon, I think I budgeted like four hundred dollars for just like expense related things mm -hmm. all of that shit was gone mm -hmm. and so i thought i was going to be able to stretch that into mm -hmm. into dallas and or uh, atlanta and i couldn't i got um, two burgers yesterday with two fries a small milkshake and a large milkshake thirty dollars thirty one dollars from wawa Nailed it. 
Yeah. Yeah. So things are getting crazy expensive. So again, Dragon Con, same thing, 400, about $400. And I still, I came in like slightly under budget until I got, until I needed to take a lift home from Houston airport to Mm -hmm. Dallas. And that scooped that all up because unfortunately I came home at a time that tree was Was working and it was, you know, well, and you know, guys, side note, you want to think that freaked us out the most and all these travels, nobody has microwaves anymore in their hotel rooms. So the, so this is a mixed bag. Um, uh, Best Western is what I stayed in in Dallas. So I originally had a room scheduled at the Sheridan that the event was happening at. But then I was like, you know what? That's going to be sensor overload. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm going to not want to be around. Um, so I want to go. I like Best Westerns and I really wanted a microwave. So I booked a, I booked it without reading this fine print because I know Best Westerns always have microwaves. Turns out not true. <laughs> so they didn't have a microwave. I missed the breakfast the first day. Like all the things that I usually use a Best Western for, I didn't actually get to experience. Except for one day I did uh, the breakfast. Uh, and then the second trip for I was at uh, Anaheim Marriott. And that one was just logistically the best option because of uh, to travel in Anaheim. Everything has a markup because it's near the parks. So everything like I'll, I'll put it like this. The room itself for for t- three nights, I think. Was 420 or something like that, but the. Uh, resort tax that's attached to it was 200 and and something. So like, and then the lifts all had premiums on them because you're traveling to the resort area. So that's why that trip was so expensive because the um, you're talking about the resort. So it was the most logistically sound thing to do to stay in the same hotel. And given that I was like a mile away (laughs) from my room to where the actual part of the conference was in within that same hotel, like it was such a long walk to get from where I was sleeping to where um, the conference part was. Uh, Yeah. It was just the smartest thing to do Uh, in Atlanta though. I did two things. I ended up staying one night early. I ended up booking and I ended up adding a day to my trip because I have a bunch of friends in Atlanta that I don't know in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so at Clexicon, there was two people I knew, but I hadn't seen them in a few years. We were part of the women in media organization. I know the, the executive director of that. So I, I had met her for lunch and stuff like that. And there was another friend that's a member of that that I was also supposed to meet, but we both got busy. So we, didn't, we saw each other, but we didn't get to talk. Um, doubt, uh, Atlanta though, I went a day early so that I can hang out with a friend of mine that I've known from, um, the internet for a long time. And, uh, we went to like the brave stadium area, not the brave stadium itself, but the no, area is called the, the battery. Yep. Uh, we went to fat Tuesdays and, um, which is just a daiquiri. It's like a hot dog on a hot stick, but just for daiquiris. Yes. This is, they, they have these in Texas too, but I never stop at them, but yeah, so. Fat Tuesdays, Atlanta. Yeah. Um, now it's my favorite cup. That's what I'm drinking. Didn't you do slutty vegan? I did slutty vegan also. Oh, so I, I specifically booked my Airbnb where I booked it because it was close to a slutty vegan. I want to try it. So it's bad. very good. Um, <gasps> so the first day I was at the Battery and I got to see like Atlanta Braves Stadium. There was a game playing, but I was just walking around the area with my friend. I had some bomb ass hot wings. Um, and stuff like that, um, and some empanadas. And then I went back to, so I was staying in a hotel, just like a holiday end or whatever. That, I don't recall if that one had a it microwave. Did not. 
It did not. It didn't. You you were very disappointed because you got you're trying to save money, so you go to the so store to get like food, I can so get you food can and yeah, and, or you like to order food and then have leftovers and you because it takes me so long to finish one meal. Like right. I I eat frequently, but I eat like a bird when she I'm does. eating, Maybe. and Maybe. Um, it's not something I would rather eat more, but I don't, and um, and so I want to be able to stretch my meal out, and mm-hmm. this made it impossible to stretch my meal out, and I was only there for one day, uh, so this is the bringing back the putting a pin in it um at the breakfast that they had i was sitting next to the table next to an old couple and the guy was just like you know stuff like that and so i do like an obvious gesture of just like you know like this kind of a thing and we make eye contact but this phases him not at all so i pack up all my food i put a napkin over my food i pack everything up i get up and i start to walk away and he goes you don't have to move and I just look back at him like I don't address it. I just look back at him like, bitch. And then I sat as far away as possible at a solo table and then uncover my food and finish my food. But at that point, I also didn't really feel my food anymore because it's just like, ugh, so nasty. And he does He wasn't covering his mouth? No, nobody covers their mouth anymore. I think the bad side of the pandemic is that everybody who was wearing masks forgot that you're supposed to cover your mouth. So everybody raw dogs the planet. No, I'm horrible. I'll be in a mask and I cough and I cough into my shirt. I do too. I'll, I'll have a mask and I got my elbow like Obama taught us and I'm just like, you know. Um, you remember he had that whole campaign yes, about coughing I to your um, <laughs> I forgot until this moment. But I always say that. I was like, I cough into my elbow yeah. like Obama taught us. Um, as if I wasn't doing that forever before. But yeah, I still do that. But yeah, everybody's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, God, so, other countries must be absolutely disgusted by us when we go to it. visit. It sucks. Like then, in Japan, like less than a thousand cases that first year. Okay, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, but then after that, I had an Airbnb set up, which I had booked and paid for way back in January. Yes, um, we had planned for that. Yeah, and and uh, and so I um, I I transferred over. So I ended up paying for that little one night at the at the Holiday Inn, and then I had already paid six months ago. I had already paid for the Airbnb. Um, so that was nice to not have the stress of it to just you know just be like this trip is mostly paid for. And the um, Airbnb had a full kitchen. I remember that. Yeah, it was a very nice spot. But yeah, it was a cute little like one bedroom spot. So it had like as soon as you walked in, there was like this the kitchen was like along one yeah. wall, all stainless steel appliances, all yeah. you know gas all nice little it looked like it had everything you needed everything you needed very big fridge and freezer Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. it was great so i got like groceries the first day and that's kind of how i handled breakfast and snacks and stuff and then um you know i did go to slutty vegan that that first day i got into the loft and then Mm -hmm. i after that i would either eat at the hotels during the event because it was just easier to eat Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. um or once i got back i did order some ramen from a place um while i was there and then i spread that over a couple of days you know like um uh so it was nice it was and it was nice because it was peaceful i mean i was really close to a firehouse or whatever but it was my own space you know i didn't have to worry about Dragon Con people and stuff. Although the people who were in the adjacent loft also were there for Dragon Con. So, you know, you would see them in the hallway or whatever. But um, very nice, exposed brick type of place, all furnished and, you know, um, refurbished and stuff. Uh, the bathroom was weird because it was a shower stall bathroom, but it was elevated. So you actually have to step up and then step up into the shower. Okay. Um, which, so for um, right? Good accommodation, though. an issue. Yeah. 
But the other part is it, it had a sign next to it that says only one person in the shower at one time. And I started laughing because I was just like, oh, they just want to take the fun out of the shower. But when you step in, you immediately knew why. No, you're like, nope, okay, so, we get yeah, it. Because like, it felt... It was like one of those shower kits that have like that prefab oh, thing. And so when so you did, stepped, you would hear it giving. And so nope. whatever their plumbing situation is, that my was the reason why they it up. would have been like, I'm sorry, I guess I'm going to be cleaning myself in the sink. And though you could hear it, like you could just <laughs> hear like, rant, rant, rant when you're washing and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, so in terms of like accommodation, uh, the shower situation would not be that, okay. but, but the bathroom was still, it was a long skinny bathroom with the toilet on one side, the sink in the middle, the shower on the other. So in terms of space, it was fine. But um, if you have a mobility issue, you would that shower would like not. If be. you needed like a walk, you needed something to sit on. If you need, I mean, getting right, up in like would you wouldn't have had that yeah. available okay. to you. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like in the hotel that I stayed in, uh, the Holiday Inn, like the toilet was so close to the tub, you wouldn't have been able to really squeeze in okay, if you had you know. a kit or something like that too. And that's actually kind of the case of a lot of the hotels. Um, like uh, where we're saying like at the at the best western or or, or a holiday inn kind of level like they are usually not that spacious of bathroom mm -hmm. situation so you would have to request one of the accessibility rooms accessibility rooms okay which i have been debating about whether or not to book those rooms because i want to be able to evaluate them on account of the show and for people but then when i think when i'm about to book it i'm like what if someone needs this room and so then i pull myself out of it so um like if we were to travel together i think Maybe I would yeah, feel better that, about that, you know. And then, um, because I'm, I mean, to, to for everybody to know, like, I think that, um, I'm, I bought a cane and I'm learning how to walk with it. And you would think, I don't know why I thought, I don't no, know why it's I thought a learning process that I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna walk with it. It, no, yeah, it's I a conscious memory of like, well, it was very difficult because yeah. I felt, <laughs> I felt like when I had to walk on a cane for a period of time, it was just like. I would I would walk with it and then Tree would go, That's not how you walk. Like you, walk like, you don't even it. look like you're using it to stable yourself. And I'm like, yeah. I literally don't know how to I don't know what do I'm this. doing. And you would think I know how to walk and I don't know how to do it with it. Um like but so now I understand why people go for a full walker full, sometimes full because then you have it on both sides of support. Right. But yeah, the, you, I, you I, have to learn I, how to walk with a cane. I've had so many injuries that I ended up just buying a wheelchair. I know that sounds crazy. But when you rent, I used them, to have guys, a wheelchair when I when I yeah. messed up my knee. They're like fifty dollars a day, or even if it's ten dollars a day. That's so back in day. the day when when I I injured myself skydiving and I was on um, crutches for a long time. But I worked at Dell and I was a manager of facilities, so I had to check every building. I ended up yeah. getting a uh, wheelchair on Craigslist for fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, first of all, it was wet and stayed wet the entire time like the gel cushion it was one of those just regular ass like the ones that they have at the airport or whatever um i used it for work because i needed some i couldn't get from building to yeah. building so i would have my staff push me around so i did have a wheelchair for six weeks i i could push it but i couldn't push it that far so i would get people to push it for me i i have one that i bought on amazon for 150 dollars, brand new and it's the boxed one it's nothing yeah. fancy schmancy um but there might but be times when it is more when i might when i might need it and i mean i ended up keeping it also because like one it was cheaper than renting one uh and also because of the nature of my business which is i train dogs i know that sounds crazy guys like what does oh, that you have could to do be with randomly the hurt <laughs> i could be randomly hurt and then also I, my hard lesson learned with all of this is um this major disabling event called the pandemic. Yeah. 
dogs got to get used to being around wheelchairs. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It's a so it was, it was a training tool because they don't want to get close to anything. And I, I want to, I want my clients who maybe are in a wheelchair to be able to have a way of walking their dog. Right. No, that's right. smart. See, you this know? is the thing is like the pandemic taught us a lot about accessibility in a way that like, I would hope like you don't but, yeah. realize how ableist you are. And I know yes. this is one of the conversations. maybe we'll do a different episode on this, but uh, there's a conversation you and I had had recently where you're like, now that you have the diagnosis you have, once you've got the dis diagnosis that you got and you, you kind of understand what your future might be looking like, you're having to ad address your own ableism. Ableism. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I, I've been actively trying to address this for a number of years now. And, and when I, and like, even with that mentality in place, when I miss something, I'm like, Oh my God. Like it's so easy mm -hmm. to, not be aware right well because everything in our society is at at a sight out of mind and i know I, I always bring up um amani uh crutches and spice but ugly laws literally that's what they're called ugly yeah. laws didn't go away until the 70s yeah and they're yeah. making a comeback because of all this shit yeah i i know the because I, I used to work as a facilities manager like i said at dell and and so ada compliance and all that kind of stuff was a big part of the job that i did and so even with that mentality like having to be aware of spaces because of the nature of the position that i had mm -hmm. still years later i'll catch myself on something and i'll be like I Fuck. like i didn't realize that um the only time some things the reason why i think i started paying more attention and unfortunately i think this is a very human thing is i when i got hurt skydiving and I was on crutches slash and a wheelchair. I also traveled during that time. And, um, and so traveling while on crutches or yep. is very difficult. I, I can only imagine while traveling uh, with a wheelchair, especially one of those very heavy ones where they, they literally take you out of your chair and put you into a crappy chair yep. so that they can check your chair and then break your chair and break your chair. And like the, 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 the anxiety that I would imagine having when you have to get rid of your comfort, cause it's literally the way you move around the, mm -hmm. and you know, I'm comfortable in the chair that I'm sitting in at my desk and I don't want to sit in a different chair mm -hmm. for my desk, let alone, mm -hmm. this is the way I move around the world. And now right. you're taking it and putting it under the plane. Um, so when I traveled with yeah. crutches, uh, I got into the airport and this is 10, 12 years ago. Someone immediately, I didn't even check in as a, as needing it. Someone just rolled up on me as soon as I got into the airport, put me in a chair, you know, uh, wrapped up everything. And like, you know, we were going, so we got priority booking and all this other kind of stuff. So that kind of stuff was very nice and helpful, but then getting off the plane sucked because you had to wait until everybody got off the plane yeah. so that, you, so that because they insisted you got wheelchaired in, you're going to yep. wheelchair out. And I was like, I could crutch up there. And they're like, no, 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 this is how we do it. A liability. Um, I think it's more for liability for themselves. They do not. I want understand you that. Yeah. But, but you learned the hard way that the world yeah. does not care about you. Yeah. And so it's like even, with it, that yeah. in mind, I mm -hmm. started to try. Uh, I think that I was a more active. Um, right. I was paying attention more actively. And yet again, I will still miss things on occasion. I, so that's something I'm trying to be very observant of when I'm doing these travel, because part of what we're talking about in this marginalization of travel, what happens? What happens right. if they break your chair and now you're in, right. you're in a country that is not your country? Right. Um, you know, we do everything, everything, even though 
America does have the ADA, which is a hell of a lot more than other countries. A lot of countries have. I wouldn't say they were fucking advanced. No. By any stretch of the means. Because many things are based on three different, like, mostly everything that happens in the United States and beyond when it comes to disabilities is it places the responsibility on the disabled person to figure out how to get shit yeah. um, uh, uh, to move around or how to adapt. Yeah. Which is fine. It's been like, well, well, why not? Like they're an individual. They're allowed to come up with something. Yeah. Okay. I get that. But then, you know, like simple things like when people don't consider like those, you know, the having wheelchair access on a sidewalk. Yeah. Like, yeah, because right, they'll put like bushes or, or trees or they'll or block whatever. them or they'll uh, cop cars will park in front of them, all sorts of that. But like, so you, the first one is individual. The second one is societal where society will come in and try to help make some changes, which is awesome. But mm -hmm. the ideal one would be universal when you're planning shit. Yes. You want to plan something that keeps everybody in mind. Yeah. Like, because if I was like, um, there's a new friend on TikTok. Her name is Codzilla and I love her and I can't wait to have her on a show. <laughs> but like she, she was in a horrible, she was in a car accident and is a near, God believe it. And one of her hands, she can't, this is, this is something that everybody, all, a lot of us take for granted. She cannot oh. do this. I mean, I struggle with, with opening right. things to an occasion and I don't have. So yeah. why do we design bottles where only certain people can use them? Jeez. Or the yeah. other one, someone said is Shay, why don't you just buy a different type of bottle that is easier for you? Okay. That's fair. I don't have an example here, but we'll, we'll just but if you're, it. if you're at the quick stop picking up right. some water real quick, one accessibility might not be there. But the other thing is this, this bottle of water costs a dollar 25. This bottled water costs $5, but I can easily open it, mm. but it's $5. Yeah. So these are the things that I want. Again, part of the show is us discussing like, why aren't we keeping other, why it's, aren't we planning things yeah. with a larger group of people involved? Cause you have the black tax, you have the woman tax, you have the pink tax, or I guess that's the pink tax. Pink tax is the woman tax. You got the, the queer tax, the rainbow tax, and then mm -hmm disabled tax i don't disabled know if they've tax. got a clever name for it or anything yes. like that but like literally anybody from marginalized groups has to pay a premium on the things that we generally just kind of need right um or want or reflect something that's comfortable for us you know like right one of the things just where i live i live in a third ward of houston which is a historically black community mm -hmm. um there it's a food desert though yeah so mm -hmm. i actually drive over to the queer part of town to go to the the closest grocery store um and because it's in the queer part of town it's got produce it's uh you know everything's great about that place whatever the the same type of grocery store heb there is one that is mm -hmm. not in my neighborhood directly but further on the outskirts of the neighborhood that most of the people from this neighborhood bus or you know get dropped off or whatever to go to a uh, lot of a le lot less um produce the quality of the produce is a lot worse you know things and like you that. have to pay so, more for it and you have to pay more for it so like this is just where i live right now yes and i have a privilege in that i have a car mm -hmm. and i can afford to drive mm -hmm. that car to mm -hmm. which is really only the difference of probably two blocks further yeah 
in in distance. But if you were in a wheelchair, two blocks is a big freaking deal. Yeah. And if you if you had to get on a bus, Mm -hmm. I don't think that street has very frequent buses. You know, like so so many things like that. So like you are kind of pushed to go to the other one if you need if you need stuff, but you're but it's just gonna be it's just so difficult. And that's just where I live. Now you compound that with I'm going to an airport. Mm-hmm. I have a, a wheelchair that weighs a ton, you know, mm-hmm. or half ton or something like that. I know that there some of them can be quite heavy. Like They're quite heavy. Some of them, depending on pounds. what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that on top of, I have to, at some point, surrender it. Surrender it. So that and, other people. And I want everybody here to, inter- I'm, to interrupt Sarmaine again, but I want everybody here to go. When we say they're like, my surrender, my wheelchair, I'm surrendering my legs. They're your, they're I'm surrendering right. my independence. The um, so one of so actually this just did happen at, at Dragon Con. Dragon Con, I think, spaced things out as much as they could, given that they're right. again a hundred thousand. This is the people. largest con I have ever been to. That's sound, it's spread out even... over five different venues, multiple floors. Um, some of the hotels are joined anxiety. by skywalks, and some aren't. You know, so there's street walking, there's skywalk walking, but there's also just people fucking. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And I think, again, they spaced things out as much as they could, but it was really up to uh, the the people that were in attendance to pay attention to when someone was coming or they would be shouting out like part, part the floor, part the floor, you know, whatever. Um, at one of the panels that I attended, one of the panelists was in a wheelchair. He did have a standing type of wheelchair where he could get himself propped up, but uh all the the panel was on a dais like a stage that was built up and it was a small room but they built all the stages up for the most part so that the, everybody could see that being said they didn't have a ramp for the guy who was on the panel so he had enough mobility to where he got himself out of the chair and laid on the stage rolled himself over and then got propped up so that he could sit in the chair because they were just going to put his wheelchair on the ground near the dais and hand him a mic and he was like no no so he did that himself like he got himself onto the stage he popped himself up on the table and then when he was done he rolled himself (laughs) off he got in you know he needed some assistance to get into his chair but then he like it's like again it's a standing chair so he could stand when like he took pictures with people. He would stand, but he was in the chair with the support. So he had one of those type of like very large things. And, and it put him in the position. And so at one point the moderator said, I'm sorry, everybody for the delay because this wasn't planned very well. And I think what she was addressing was like the con didn't accommodate the moderator, but it sounded like he got here late. We're going to do the best we can. Right get him up on stage. Right. And he didn't seem to be bothered by it. And he, part of what he talked about was like, as a cosplayer learning to cosplay while being in a wheelchair and accommodating his, like his wheelchair uh, uh, or adjusting his cosplay for his wheelchair and everything like that was that it's part of what keeps him in as good as health as, as he is in sure because he he if he sits and he's idle Mm -hmm. he will deteriorate so he builds if you don't use it you lose it right right so so he's using cosplay as a defense against the further deterioration based off of the the disability that he currently has but it also put him in a position where he literally had to throw himself out of his own chair roll onto the stage and get propped up into a chair just so he could be 
at eye level with Included. everybody else on the dais, you know? Yeah. So I think there should have been people in attendance there knowing what panels he was in to be in that room, to be like a handler or something like that, to also accommodate getting him up on stage mm -hmm. in a way that wasn't so like, hold on, everybody. And, yeah. You know, everyone's staring. And I'm because the other part is you had to travel from such distances that they they were delayed because they were trying to get through a skywalk from one hotel to the other. Right. And those skywalks in the middle of the day would be so jam packed. It would take you like a half an hour to get through them. When if no one was there, it would take. And that's with that's with walking where you can bob and weave. You're not right. In chair, yeah, wheelchair. And when with a uh, but yeah, so like and the other part is like when wheelchairs would try to pass down the middle, there wasn't even necessarily room enough mm -hmm. for the two tiers of people plus okay. you know going through. And that's just the skywalk. That's just the the logistics of the architecture of the building, right? Right. Um, so things like that, like I and, and so I think like for a con as large as Dragon Con, offering a virtual option is really great because it might be a really big fucking hassle to try to get yourself ready to travel into Atlanta. Um, that being said, if you do still want to attend and you want to be there and stuff like that, it is possible. I saw a number of people maneuvering this way. I just but. I just know that every single person dealt with something during the course of that because even just like walking into the hotels the bottleneck that would happen oh you know I'm when sure. you're you know what i'm saying at the doors and then you have to be seen you have to have someone has to see your badge and you know all that kind of stuff so i imagine there was a lot of stuff people were dealing with and then plus like you would try to get on an elevator and someone would be in a wheelchair and have to back out or back in and and um and there was just times when i would see people and i'd be like i'll take the next one because i didn't want to put them out but then I don't know that me saying I'll take the next one doesn't make them feel like I don't want to be in this with you because you're in a wheelchair and that's heavy and there's all these people. But it was really just literally like people were saying, like, let them back out a little so that you can come in. I'm not going to put a person out like that. Yeah, I'll just wait for the next elevator. You yeah, know? I, I can't wait. We, we, you know, one great insight will be have Quadzilla. And again, she's she's not the ambassador of all of which who live in wheelchairs, but you know, she can give a perspective. She can of, give a maybe, perspective that of, of saying, of "Hey, have. this is this might be a better way of wording it, or this might be a better way of handling it." Well, and yeah, because one of the things that of people I follow on Twitter, and this started a couple years ago, um, I had had a guest on a show who uh, is um, a, a disabled advocate and an activist and things like that, and we were talking on By Furious about about different laws that accommodate. Um, not just disabled people, but queer people and how those intersections of that thing affects this person, right? And because of that person, I started following all these people that they recommend. And and the amount of times I see a tweet about, please don't put your hand on my wheelchair. Please don't push me. Uh, like I'm in the grocery store, I'm trying, and someone just pushes my chair away so that they can grab a can of beans. And they don't even think about it. They think about it as furniture, but it's literally an extension of my body. My, my body. And for me, like, it would never occur, like even in my most ableist that I could possibly yes. be, yeah. it would never occur to me I to would put my never. hands on somebody's wheelchair because I would assume mm -hmm. that is feeling like a violation of their body. Like I don't even think I, I don't even think I ever thought about it. All I know is that when I, when I've seen as many tweets as I have now seen over three years of of following so many people based off of this one person, how many of them? post this and then you read the comments and they're like yep happens all the time or there's a yep. um 
or or the way that people will like bend over and talk to them like in baby talk or like there's so many things that happens to them it's just like they are regular ass people as people they just happen to have a different mobility situation than you. They just do things, do things something different than you. That's it. And what, like one story was really horrible. Uh, a person was in line in the, in their wheelchair at the grocery store, a person grabbed their wheelchair, pulled them back, got in front of them in line, scooched their stuff back on the belt and put their stuff in the middle. The whole time this person saying, I'm going, hello, excuse me. I'm in line. You don't just move my chair. And he says, I don't want to take too much time. So they got in front of the person in a wheelchair and scooched their stuff because they thought it would be too much time for a grocery store transaction just because the person was in a wheelchair. They, like that is beyond audacity. That is just like I want this person to go to jail for that. I don't know no, why, no, but I want no, this person. I'm to go going to jail, to jail because if I had witnessed that, you would have gotten a can of beans to the fucking dome. And to to just like the way that it does not occur to me to do something like that. Well, one, I'm not a dick, but two, that you would actually think your time is so valuable that you can not only cut the line, but literally move the human and, and kind of prevent their control of the situation altogether. And I mean, I don't want to put anything on like the person that was working, but I'd be like, no, no. Or if they even saw it, they might have been scanning the person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, um, so yeah, I think I think accommodation is is probably always going to be an issue when it comes to to cons, and even I, I think as as some conferences and cons try to be as accessible as they can be, there's elements that I don't think they control. They can control like the population and stuff like that um, to a degree. I mean, with 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 Dragon Con. There's no, there's not a single square foot that doesn't have a human in it. No. And, well, and also you're renting a space. It would be yeah. something complete because where it really needs to start right. is the hotel needs to design better. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some issues and that's what I like to distinguish, especially when I was talking about Colexicon is like, I think there's some things that are the issue of the hotel. And I mm -hmm. think there's some things that might be the issue of the con, mm -hmm. um, and here's what those things are as and Dallas also was the same type of thing. Cause you know, it's a Sheridan, whatever they're pretty, they got their thing, you know, they're as accommodating as they probably Could ever be. planned, but little things need to happen when you have certain conventions uh, or if you have conventions at all. And I think one thing is adding more seating along the walls would be very helpful to people who need right. to take those breaks for, for wheelchair, wheelchair accommodation. I mean, even just like, power stations maybe i don't know if that's a necessity for folk like there's things i don't know what to think about like what would be more helpful i you know for me if you know like the skyways are really mm -hmm. congested well then people with mobility issues you shouldn't be asking them to go through a gauntlet so yeah. maybe perhaps asking other questions when it comes to booking going hi do you have any um accessibility issues that you would like to talk about because we have accommodations would you yeah. like to hear about some of our accommodations yeah we have something where at a certain ground level we have certain things with certain this we have certain right because the and, onus is on you to mm -hmm. to do all that work for but to, this is and this is where we're going to get pushback because, and how do I know that? Because as a white woman, this is one of our favorite sentences to say is, I didn't know. Yeah. 
I know you didn't know. You can't be mad at me because I didn't know. You can't be mad at me because I don't know. No, the reason why I'm mad at you is because we explained this to your great grandmother. <laughs> and then we explained it to your mother. And now because they refuse because they in their ignorance or their entitlement or their guilt, because they don't want to admit that they were wrong or they fucked up or they did something. And yes, guys, we could be talking about anything right now. Literally any subject. Literally any subject right now. <laughs> we are now having to explain it to you. And I'm sick and tired of explaining it to you. Yeah. Which would be the best bet, right, with is why don't hotels have these people on staff? L yeah, actually, that's what's something I was thinking about, too, is like there there should be a staff person in accommodation in some way, shape or form. That's almost like a concierge for that purpose, because I feel like a regular concierge would always use the excuse of I have all of these people to yes. accommodate, you know, whatever, yes. where like if someone is more um, clued into the kinds of things that. I mean, honestly, like I, like. I'm of the opinion that everybody in every industry should know certain things, you know, like, right. I, I mean, I feel like we should have all learned sign language in school, you know, things like that, too. like all these kinds of stuff. Right. I think there's things that like, as a societal level, we could prevent a lot mm -hmm. of inaccessibility in just the way we educate mm -hmm. at a young age and stuff like that. But then in addition to that, infrastructure is hard to adjust over time um, without actually putting out other people, you know, like, yeah. like the, when they expand a freeway and they just, plow through a black neighborhood or something like that like those literal ways in which they could start to adjust the infrastructure that would have a negative impact on a different community as well mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i know that there's some level of, of of difficulty and or impossibility in terms of like full shifts mm -hmm. but there's things that you could always do you could have experts in certain areas to accommodate and then mm -hmm. you could also just fucking train your people to know things mm -hmm. you know um but this is a society where we are we are indoctrinated to be workers, not indoctrinated to think outside the box or to yeah. consider other people. We are very, it's very, we're very much individualistic, right? But, but the large number of people are not held to accountability for their about that kind of choices. stuff. Yeah, it's like because when so, once once accountability comes up, then it's society's problem. Oh, or then a bigger it's a, group's you know, problem. It's a bigger group problem, or yeah. it's a mental health issue, or fucking yeah. fuckity fuckity fuck. So. Um, how many, like we, we got, so dragon con is, it was the last one you just did. It's the last one I did. And I got home on Tuesday. Over a hundred thousand people. Over a hundred thousand. Did you do any, did you, did you, were you active on any panels or you, I was not a moderator. Cause again, okay. that was have the application right. period was around the time I was transitioning out of the shop. Right. And now this, now that I know, and I've been through there, I'm definitely applying next year. Cause I would love to, to attend again. And I would love to be on some of the panels. Um, huge. It is an enormous, like, I, I think I texted you, like, I'm overwhelmed, but in you a way, sent me pictures like, and I felt overwhelmed. I was like, I was, I was in, like I was in, but I was also overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed in a way of just like, it was so big. I couldn't figure out what to do. So sometimes I just didn't do anything, yeah. but walk around that. Right. So that's a downside. I think is that like, there was literally, if you go through the app, cause uh, DragonCon also had its own app. If you went through the app, like, there would be like 200 things in the same hour block. And you're just like, or, you know, I may be exaggerating, maybe like 40 things, uh, but still like way more than two black 
panels at the same time kind of thing, like, but 40 panels at one time or photo shoots or whatever. So I got to a point, like I'm scrolling through and I'm like, I don't even know what to go to. I have no idea. I, you know, and I kind of picked a couple random things. And so most of what I went to were things that had to do with people that I kind of knew online. So again, I met some people and I, so the person that you referred to earlier that I took a picture with, that's a Fua Richardson. She is an artist. And um, so if you're familiar with the Lovecraft country, she drew the in, in show comic book that the little girl draws. That's all her artwork. Oh, wow. Um, she also is known for the uh, Women of Wakanda poster drawing cover that she did for one of the Black Panther issues. Uh, she's done uh, X-Men 92. She, Wonder Woman, she's, she's been in the game for a while. She's done so much art within comics, um, DC, Marvel, etc. Um, so, some independents as well. And then right now she's working on her own comic, which is called Aquarius, the Book of Mer, which is a story about mermaids. And it's, it's, it's using... Um, the sort of the fairy the fairy tales or whatever you want to call them of the orisha the mermaid orishas from africa but all yeah. over the world she's using different mermaid stories from all over the world and on her kickstarter she had a spot where you could pay for it to be kind of a background mermaid and whatever and a birthday gift to me uh from byron was that level so i am going to be a background mermaid in her book when she finishes it uh, but i've known her i've interviewed her for for the comic book shop and um i've talked to her we're facebook we're like actual facebook friends instead of just like her page and like we've, nice. we know we chat and stuff like that so this is the first time i got to see her in person and the funny thing is is i was walking so there was someone that i knew from houston that was also at, at dragon con at the same time so we hung out and uh I was saying at some point I need to get down to where Afua is tabling because I want to meet her and I have a gift for her and stuff like that. And um, so we're talking, we're literally talking about that in the moment. Like we're plan trying to plan out our day. It's the first day of us walking around the con. And I'm like, I don't know what you need to do, but at some point I need to do this. And then I turn around and go, that's Afua. And then she turns around because I saw her from behind. And that's a Charmaine. And then she turns around and she's like, what? And I'm like, it's Charmaine from, from Gulf Coast Cosmos. And so we hugged, we took photos or whatever. And then I saw her at her table a couple of days in a row as well but to to be into to get into the building that had the vendor section you had to w be in a line and it was wrapped around the city building and stuff like that and then it would do it would double up on itself so not only were you wrapped around the building you were yeah. also on a sidewalk squiggled serpentined Whoa, so you'd no. go up a street down the same street back up the street to go to the next thing so it would take like an hour hour and 45 minutes to get into that the is, vendor hall that is a lot so that's why i only did it twice because by that third day i was like as much as i would like I, to, i couldn't go and a, a third i couldn't do it a hundred thousand people in one yeah mm. it's the way you feel like if you because again i stayed about a mile and a half away um from the con and the immediacy at which the crowdedness of downtown shifted like you didn't have to travel but maybe four blocks in a car and then no crowd. Okay. So, but like this radius of where all these connected hotels are, it was just congestion, just people and, and people and people. So this is a, a con that's been around for a very long time. Obviously you don't yeah. just go, you it's don't like just 80, be, you don't just like start at a hundred thousand people. Yeah, no, I, I, so, it's, it's the biggest one I've ever been to. Did I've, you have fun? I had a 
I had tons of fun. I did. Okay, I am not a person though. So it's funny. Cause uh, like I said, I knew some folks there. And so when I was standing around the people that I knew, right. I think I give off. She's not having fun. <laughs> well, you have a rested bitch. Face, because it's not a rested bitch face. It's my regular ass face. <laughs> um, uh, so I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm soaking things in and I, I just don't emote. Like I'm more um, emotive on podcasts than I am in person because like it's a defense mechanism. I'm keeping myself tight so that people don't pay attention to me. Um, and so I, I happen to mention on blurred comics last weekend when I was, I was telling uh, my podcast host on co-host on that one about, I was like, cause he knows me well. So I'm like, you know how I am when I'm at yes. these cons, like yes. I don't show any mm -hmm. emotion. And so if I, so I think people don't know that I'm having fun and he laughs because he knows me and our guest that was on the show who was in attendance at dragon con makes a face that clues me into, they don't know me well enough to know that I was like that. So it looked like, it looked like he was going, Oh, like it just snapped into place that I was, cause I kept saying, I'm like, today was a great day, but in this like monotone way that would never indicate to someone who doesn't know me very know me well, very well that you were having a great yeah. time. And, uh, but then I ran into people that I've known uh, for years that have either been guests on uh, one of my shows or they're just in the world, the comic book world. So I ran into a Richardson, um, Charles Xavier, who is, uh, that's his real name, uh, Ebony Warrior from Ebony Warrior Studios. We've known each other. They've been on my show a while back, and we've known each other for years. We were hunting each oh, other Oh, he was down. there. Oh, yeah, good. he was there. So we were looking for each other the whole time. We are like, I was sending messages. I was like, where are you? Where are you? And he, he would get back to me like four or five hours later, because he's also in full Gondor gear. Dude, like, his it was gear amazing. that he made. You should see it in person. I like, can't even. You couldn't tell me imagine. that wasn't me like it was a 3D printed thing, but you couldn't tell me that wasn't. I've been watching him armor. on TikTok. I've been watching him for TikTok for like over a year now, I guess. Yeah. And I watched him make that. I mean, he's always yeah. made great stuff. Yeah, he makes amazing stuff. But and his son had a little version of it too. Oh, and stuff. I know. And like, it was so cute. But like he was our first professional guest um, in cosplay and uh, of anything on Blurred Comics. So we've known him for a number of years. And so I'm messaging him like, we're going to we're gonna take that picture. We're going to find each other. Uh, we finally found each other on the the last, the second to last day of the con at a, at a Black Geek, Black Geeks of dragon con photo shoot because they do all these photo shoots with people that are in similar cosplay or, or whatever like themed so uh, there might be like the lord of the rings photo shoot or the star trek photo shoot and in this case this was the black geeks photo shoot and uh so we went there and so i saw him come through and i ran up to him i was like charles he turns around because most people will call him ebony warrior but like i said i've known him for a couple of years so i was just like charles, charles. he's he's mr ebony warrior to me so, so I, he turns around and i was like it was like because i have my mask on so i was like charmaine and he goes oh thank god because we're sitting there like trying to find each other for four days like three days up until that point is so, he really as tall as i think he is he's fucking tall he's I, way taller than i expected because be. whenever he moves the camera around sometimes like that you would think he was on stilts like if you look at the uh, there's one full body post I'll, I'll send it to you but there it is on my my uh instagram but there's one full, full one full body shot stuff. of the two of us i look like a toddler <laughs> he's so fucking tall yeah because that was the part is that i saw him he was still in the hotel we were outside at the photo shoot he was still in the hotel walking down the hallway and i was like there he is you know and i just kind of made my way through the through the thing until i found him 
so I saw him and then I also follow and have been commenting for years with the the folks from Cosplay Your Way which is a group of of cosplayers that started at Dragon Con um, mostly black cosplayers but over time they've, they've, they it's basically a, a cosplay for for kind of like us people pe people from marginalized group predominantly people of color about like doing cosplay your own way and so there's there's some main founders and then there's some like other people that are involved and um i've been following them for a couple of years now and so um but i've also messaged with them and chatted with them for the shop or or for podcasts for a while and stuff so they were at two different events that i attended and I, when i walked up i was like it was cool because i was like i'm the blazing blurred and they knew who i was so like you That's know awesome they knew who I was. And so we, you know, we chatted, we hugged, we took pictures or whatever. Um, and, uh, and it was just like, it was so motivating to like, I, I did do some cosplay. I didn't go all the way out. There was a cosplay I had planned for Dragon Con that is not finished yet. So I hope to get it done in time for New York Comic Con. If next year, if not, it'll be next year's thing. Um, but uh, so I just, I, I pulled back my, my gambit cause I've only put that one out one time. So this is my first time to do that at a con. Um, and then I did like a half-assed version of Tatsu from, from way of the house husband, one of my favorite animes where I have the apron and I have the tote bag and I have the glasses. Uh, but instead of wearing a black suit, I wore a dress. Um, and so I was like a femme version of the Tatsu character. And then uh -huh. Uh, the other one I did was a very unrecognizable Riri Williams. So I literally had the outfit from one of the covers of Ironheart, but okay. because I'm both a light skinned mixed race person, um, and because it's not a character that most people will recognize well, right no. away, a couple people, like one lady asked me, she, she said, You're like me, huh? Just chilling in your regular clothes at the con. I'm like, Actually, I am in cosplay right now. Uh... And, um, and so, like, somebody else says, Oh, that's a cute little shirt or something like that. And I was like, Yeah, it's a Riri Williams shirt. And they're like, Oh, so like, I, I had an Iron Man hand. Yeah. Because the picture from the book is that she's, she's fixing the Iron Man. That's right. Gauntlet. So I just grabbed one of the Infinity Gauntlets, like a vinyl one. I had this. I had the tank top, which is a red tank top with the the, the um, thing on it, the emblem. arc reactor, uh, black pants with red stripes down the side of it, and uh, and Chucks, you know. So it was just not. It was just too subtle to pick up on or whatever. Um, uh, so that's that's the cosplay that I did do and. Um, uh, I'm assuming because it's so big, they have representation from like. Lots of different things. I'm hoping all kinds of stuff. Okay. Every, every fandom under the sun. There was so, your... but like queer. Do they have like, hey, this is we're talking about queer stuff. No, yeah, or they had queer like... stuff. They had a. They had the, this whole Asian section that had different things. They had a black section of stuff. They had, um, uh, like I said, it was hard to go through. Like you're going, you're scrolling through the thing. But how do they? How do they? If it's okay, if it's multiple locations and multiple floors. I'm assuming when they go, okay, what is your table? So, you the, okay, so two different things. They group some stuff. So, like, in a section of a hotel, this would be, like, the kids' track. And so everything okay. within this area would be, okay. like, the kids' panels. This okay. one would be the costume track. And this one okay. would be the sci-fi and whatever. Okay. So, in terms of panels, they did kind of have things grouped together. They, okay. In terms of the exhibitor hall, though, that was in a building called the America's Mart. And there was two, it's two side-by-side -side buildings. And one side, they had all the gaming stuff. So, that was on multiple floors gaming. Okay. And the other side was, like, the artist, the comic book creators 
uh, the vendors and stuff like right. that. And that was on the other side. And those were joined by Skywalk. Um, so on one floor was like your comic book artist tables and stuff like that. On the other floor would be like your um, costuming ones or swords or things like okay. that. So every floor had a different um, kind of thing. And how long does a panel? They they were uh, like 50 minutes, 50 minutes, 50, so 50 minutes. Yeah. 45, okay, 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 okay. So, like, if you were staying on one track, you could technically just, like, stay in an area, probably, uh, for okay. panels and stuff. Uh, but, like, in my case, I was trying to go from one panel to one that was so far away that at some point I just gave up. <laughs> you know, once I realized it was in one of the other hotels, I was like, fuck this. Yeah, like, I got to Like, it's, that must be, that's, okay, that sounds exhausting. That's yeah, so sometimes I literally didn't go to anything because it was a hotel or two away and I didn't wow. want to have to work my way through. So you would have to be really mindful of what, if you wanted to go and have the most experience, mm -hmm. then you would need to know where is it, which hotel yeah. is hosting what and then try to stay there. They gave okay. you a book in the beginning and you could, or you had the app. The app was too daunting because you're like doom scrolling. Oh, to I'm try to sure. With the book, it's also like organized the best way I think a, an event that is that could large could be. But um, yeah, That's it was just wild. So they, you also had like your artist alley and your signings. Your signings had it happened in your a picture, different place. Your pictures than, areas. Yeah, okay. your pictures area happened in a different place. So uh, I would say, did, do I think I had a full and complete con experience? Probably not. No. I don't know how you could. No. Uh, but I had fun every single day. There's also a big parade that happens on the Saturday. And um, my friend that was there on the first day was dressed as Miles Morales and someone stopped us in the street and said, you should join our, our Spider-Man section of the pan of the pa uh, parade. parade. I can't say the word uh, parade because we don't have a miles yet. And so they exchanged information. And I guess at some point throughout the night, it, uh, he must've found out that he could go because um, I get a message like, Hey, I'm at the parade. <laughs> like I'm going to be in the parade and stuff. And uh, so That's I, cool. I, I, w I went to the parade to watch it. Um, and uh, and yeah, he was in it. So That's just awesome. just attending the con and he got because his cosplay was so good. He got invited to being in the parade. One thing that I think and we'll end on this part because this is way longer than I expected it to be. But right. um, one thing that I think you'll really love in terms of pure nerddom um cosplay wise like i really like when people are really specific and they do something just like so so nerdy because it's just so not, not general yeah. or whatever but like um just like a very like there was one guy for example there's one guy who just was dressed up as you know dr ken from um community and all those other shows yeah okay there's an episode of Community in which they played D and D, and he played a dark elf, and he painted himself black with a white wig, and he had ears and stuff like that, and he was wearing like a regular ass, regular ass clothes. There was someone dressed like that, so it's just like literally one moment of this show, and this person was dressed like that, right? I do, I do appreciate somebody. I also like people who merge two things together or a couple things. There was together. a lot of mashup cosplay I and love stuff that. like that. I, I really love that too. But here's the thing that it will end on because it was the nerdiest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I'm ready. At the parade there. Was, so everything was kind of in sections. So there'd be like the 501st from star Wars and it was okay. like a star Trek section, a horror yeah. section, whatever. There was even a section of, of people who, who dressed as different characters that Nicholas Cage has played. Like, um, that and is they had very they had these big cutout heads of Nicolas Cage. So it'd be like Arizona, Nicolas Cage, or, you know, like all the stuff, whatever. Okay. There was the Indiana Jones section. And uh, so there was four 
Daddy Joneses. There was all kinds of indies and stuff like that, whatever. There was somebody dressed as the fucking boulder and he was chasing an indie serpentine down the street. <laughs> that That's is top the tier. nerdiest. That's top thing. tier. That's I top tier. Was dying. I was like, is that the boulder wins boulder? the internet, everybody. And I just imagined like sitting with your friend and being like, hey, let's do a let's do like a group cosplay or whatever. It's like, what do you want to do? It's like, you know, I'm really into Indiana Jones. Like, okay, I'll do indie. Uh, what are you gonna do? The fucking boulder. boulder, and I'm gonna chase you around the street. It was great because they were it was a hill, so they were serpentining. Oh no! Please tell me you got a picture. I have a little bit of it on video, oh, um, so it's in the drive. I just have to come to the video. Oh my god, we got it! But I also got it from the side, so like I didn't get it full on. I wish I could get it full on, but um, yeah. So in terms of did I have fun at the con? My answer is there was a dude dressed as the boulder that was chasing Indiana Johnson. So yes. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Like I just, I was so in love with it. Like it was so stupid. It I, I made know, me so but happy. that's honestly, that's, that's it's perfect. brilliant. It's brilliant like, and perfect. Like I used to throw Halloween parties every year because like Halloween is always my favorite holiday. Um, if someone showed up to one of my holiday parties dressed like that, I would give them money. Like I would, uh, I don't know what else I would do. I would like, what can yeah. I do? What can I do for you? Cause you win, you win the you internet. Win. Um, so yeah. yeah, it was really brilliant. Um, so now I have, well, I guess uh, at the time I came back, I had 30 days between coming home and um, getting ready for New York comic con. I have a little app on my phone. That's counting it down. I have 26 days. We have lots to plan. Between now and then to get me there, uh, there's a number of people. Again, this is the theme of this current phase of travel. There's a number of people that I know on the Internet that I am going to meet in person for the first time there. Okay. Uh, one of which is Stephanie Williams, who is the writer of the current uh, Nubia run of uh, Nubia and the Amazons run. Uh, I've interviewed her for Gulf Coast Cosmos. We also are email buddies and uh, they are going to be tabling at New York Comic Con. So I'm going to make sure I spend some time. They've also written this amazing book called Living Heroes, which is like living single, but with Monica Rambeau, uh, Storm, She-Hulk, and Shut Misty up. Knight. That I'll send sounds you a like fun. I need a copy of that. I'll, I'll send you a copy. So this is right the book now. that I buy in bulk whenever I, because it's like ten dollars. So I'll buy like four or five of them, and then I'll give them away as gifts randomly when That's like awesome. I didn't know someone's wonder, birthday was up. I wonder if Fiona has read that. She's so I'll uh, I'll I'll send I'll send you a copy because I, I right. definitely have extra. So she's the person I'm meeting. There's also a friend of mine that is on the Why So Serious podcast named uh, Mike who is going to be there with all of his friends, and they're going to do a group cosplay. So we'll meet up with them. Uh, there's a, a gym guy that I know. Um, I used to be in a queer gym and they started their own business. Uh, nice. Uh, they're going to be there. They're also a, a body painter, like an art, a body art painter. Ooh, I love um, body art, paint. which I cannot afford unless I anybody know. wants to give me $800 right now. I used I to have, <laughs> I remember I used to be a bartender in Santa Cruz and there was a kid, a street kid that used to come in and he, he would take, I would let him sit up in the corner and every night he would spray paint my, um, your tatas. Mm -hmm. And so he could practice and then, you know, he'd have a spot so he could make money, but he was so talented. I would literally wear a really low, like barely yeah. covering. I remember the I shirts you used to wear in Santa Cruz. Yeah. I still have them, but they're, my boobies are not as epic as I used to be. I'm 40, but I used to pull down my shirt to be 
underneath my bra. Yeah. And nobody would tell because he would create some of the most beautiful things that have ever That's been on awesome. my body. Yeah. So he With does, the yeah, that's awesome. He does superhero body art and I would really like, like to do that. Do it. Ah, one it. day, one day, one um, day we're getting, ready. but he's going to be there. There's some podcasters from the Asian American podcasters association that I'm going to meet up for like right. cups of tea or something like that. So I already know that um, just, just like these other things, there's going to be a ton of people that I have opportunity to, to connect with. And, um, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm ready. I, I wanted do you to want to tell York. them about your cosplay? Or do you want to wait for their next? Uh... Um, I, I guess I can kind of tell cause it's not a big audience or anything like that. I don't think anybody's going to copy it, but I, um, even though, so, okay. The first I've been dressing up for a long time for Halloween and stuff like that. But the first thing that I dressed up in that actually made me feel like I potentially was a cosplayer mm. was the year that I, in 2016, I did Lady Joker. And what happens was we had an event to go to and I couldn't get my costumes together. And we went to a, um, a costume shop in Santa Monica and they had one single Mad Hatter costume in a bag. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to grab it. And then when I got it home, I was like, I could be Joker, which is kind of what I wanted to do anyway. I've always wanted to do a Lady Joker. So I just started to glue some scar, some to toilet paper to my face with spirit gum and stuff like that. I made some scars. I did face makeup. I threw a, a cheap-ass green wig on and this Mad Hatter costume. And I instantly became a Lady Joker. And it was such a hit at the parties that I went to. And it was my first year in LA um, from when I moved there as an adult. And I went to a number of Hollywood parties because uh, a friend of mine was a, an actor. And so we went to all these actor parties and I got a lot of attention from it. And I felt like, oh shit, I could really like cosplay now. Like I've so always wanted Lady to. Lady Joker has been your thing. So Lady Joker has been my thing. I started doing another cosplay. I, I got the bug, I was into it, but I always go back to, I fantasy build Joker costumes all the time. And uh, I, I haven't dug it back out because there was a period of time where it was just like, is Joker the right thing or whatever? But I have so much fun dressing as my version of Joker. So I have decided, um, I guess what triggered it is at Dragon Con, there was a ton of Loki variants. So many people dressed as different kinds of Lokis. And I have a T-shirt that I got from um, Loot Crate years ago that was a Joker a loki mashup but it's like all it's it's mostly loki's outfit but in purple and gold purple and stuff and like gold, that yeah, and, okay. and uh and so it's like a joker loki jokey uh i'm gonna do the reverse of that because the loki variant thing was kind of fun i'm going to do a i'm gonna do jokey where i am wearing a green suit okay but everything else will mostly be joker purple. related i'll okay. joker makeup green suit um i have loki's uh double dagger situation and the horns are coming and uh, the pre so i got the horn the horns that i got are the president loki okay. horns um but i think it'll be a fun mashup and uh and I, I it'll give me a chance to to dig back out some of my joker um accoutrement like my okay. my bang gun and my uh hand buzzer and all that other kind of stuff so um that's one of the things that's the big one i'm gonna do i'm also doing um uh shinobi concho from the um Dra demon slayer Ooh, and uh i have that i just need to um and i have the sword okay. and everything like that so um the only reason why i'm doing it at 
at New York Comic Con and I didn't do it at Dragon Con is because um, because I booked my flight back in January, I was on United because I had a credit that I had to I had to use before it went away. And on United, you have to pay to check your bags. Right. And so I didn't want to have to pay to check my weapons. Um, but I'm flying to New York on Southwest. So I'm going to use, I'm going to use that yeah, two bags of check for, check for my cosplay. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm doing those two. And if I get done with my rocket, which is a character from the milestone universe, um, icon and rocket is the current book run that they're in. Um, I have most of that cosplay ready. I just need to fix the belt, which is like an energy Good. glowy belt and yeah. stuff like that. So I got to figure out how to do that. I have a belt template. I just need to figure out how to do the LED stuff. Um, and if that's the case, then I think I'll leave it at three cosplay um, for that. I like it. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm, excited. I'm really, really excited about going uh, to New York. I haven't been in New York since I left the East Coast. And, um, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to hear about it. So let's do it. But yeah, so that's been my journey of the last summer: uh, Oklahoma, Dallas, Oklahoma, Dallas, Anaheim, Atlanta. So yeah, okay. so that's it. Uh, don't forget to follow us on no. social yeah. media: Queer Far Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Twitter. Mm -hmm. And you can also now go to our website: QueerFarPod.com. And uh, you'll, you can see the latest videos if you're not already watching us on YouTube um, and all that kind of stuff. We'll eventually get a store up there once we get some of our, our little uh, swag things built. Uh, but we're growing. We had a really good following on our um, When Is Someday Now episode. Yep. And um, we're still, because I just released the queer research one, you know, that's about average at the moment, but uh, we're starting to build our audience. So please let us know if there's stuff that you want to hear that you haven't heard from us yet. Uh, there's a bunch of episodes we have planned on different topics related to either traveling in general or uh, moving abroad. Yeah. Or if you want to be interviewed, let us you pick be your brain about, hey, do you like to go to cons? Are you part of a marginalized group? Want to hear your perspective? Uh, yeah, um, def definitely. It's time for us to start talking to people that are that are out there doing the stuff that we're trying to figure out. Right, <laughs> what it's like for folks. Absolutely, um, as people actually from those different marginalized groups and everything like that. So uh, that's it. I know this one ran long, but uh, mm -hmm. we are vaxxed, waxed, and, waxed and fully packed. Fully packed. So let's go. Peace. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye, internets. Queer and Far is a Main Hustle Media podcast, produced and edited by Charmaine Fury. Co-hosted by Charmaine Fury, a.k.a. The Blazing Blurred, and Shane Anigans. Music is Big Band Savage Jazz by Pine Groove. If you like what you've heard on Queer and Far, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. <laughs> <laughs>